local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, the headlines. Victims anger over treatment for sex attacker in Milton Keynes. Bedfordshire Head not happy to close on polling day and driver airlifted to hospital after Hertfordshire crash. BBC Three Counties Radio. A sex attack victim says it's unfair that her attacker has been given private healthcare treatment in Milton Keynes while she has to go on the NHS waiting list for her injuries. Roland's Bryce, a 27-year-old Latvian schizophrenic, was given a life sentence and a hospital order a year ago for attempting to rape the woman as she walked home from a nightclub. He was sent to Chadwick Lodge, a secure private psychiatric hospital in Milton Keynes, to receive mental health care. His victim says she can't understand why he is being well looked after. But part of me then thinks, um, why is everybody fighting for him? Why is nobody fighting my corner? I mean, he's receiving what seems to us like the best treatment. He's receiving private care and he's been well looked after. The party leaders will make their final arguments on the last day of campaigning ahead of tomorrow's general election. David Cameron and Nick Clegg will conclude their whistle-stop tours of the country, while Ed Miliband will be making his closing pitch in northern England. Meanwhile, the head teacher of a school in Dunstable says his pupils will suffer because his school has to close tomorrow. Ardley Hill Academy is being used as a polling station. More from Ben Nye. Jonathan Smith says it's very disruptive for pupils and parents. He believes the council should consider other options. Just under 200 schools in the three counties are being used as polling stations tomorrow and around 50 are having to close. Schools can't refuse to be used as a polling station, even academies or free schools, but they do make the decision whether to close. In Milton Keynes, the council tries to avoid using schools, which means they can stay open. A car driver has been airlifted to hospital after a collision on the A1 in Hertfordshire yesterday evening, which closed the road for several hours. It happened on the northbound carriageway just north of Boreham Wood just before 6.30 and involved a white Fiat 500 and a silver Ford Transit van. Hearts police say the driver of the Fiat suffered serious injuries and was taken to a London hospital. The van driver was not injured. Police are appealing for witnesses. A 27-year-old Old man accused of killing a doorman outside a bar in Hartford is to go on trial in October. William Wade from High Cross near Ware pleaded not guilty to manslaughter when he appeared at St Albans Crown Court yesterday. He's alleged to have caused the death of 54-year-old James Darra in an assault outside the Stonehouse Bar in August last year. In sport, Watford say they will cap season ticket sales at around 13,500 for the Premier League to make sure enough tickets are available on a game-by-game -game basis. Season tickets go back on sale on Friday. Nearly 11,500 were renewed before the end of the season. The weather, blustery and heavy showers today with longer spells of rain, staying windy, a maximum temperature 14 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. No, no one does that joke anymore. Uh, police are appealing. Yes, they are, aren't they? You've got an acute appendix. Oh, thanks. No one does that anymore, and I just don't. I just don't know. I think Simon missed a chance there, and I'm really going to have to have words with him. Strong words. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're going down the rabbit hole. This is our private, exclusive little club. Oh, someone's going to make us laminated cards. I'm, oh, hang on a second. Uh, go on to that microphone. Uh, let's try it again. Someone's going to make us laminated cards. Brilliant. There we go, you Why see. Why do they need to be laminated? Because it just makes it easier to slip in and out of your wallet. OK. 
Um, so this morning, what's the longest you've been without going to the toilet and why? If you want to divulge the information. And uh, we are, it's an all-star request hour. People can phone up. Never do this. We never do this. People can phone up and make requests. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Just for this hour. I have a few questions. Please, mate. The first one, the longest you've never been to the toilet. Oh, it's because of a guy who... Uh, listen, he's a very naughty man, but we should be celebrating this gentleman. He's dedication above and beyond. He'd swallowed a load of drugs. The police no, said... Had he? Huh? I thought they were just up there. Oh, he either swallowed or he shoved him up his bum bum. Anyway, they're around that area. The police yeah. said, we're going to do a bum search on you. What do they call it? No, that is the technical word. And he said, no, you're not. He said, all right, well, then we're going to leave you in a prison cell and a, with a toilet. He went, all right, fine. 21 days that man didn't go to the toilet for. 21 days. Who was the previous record holder? Because he had a sort of comedy name that you fixated on. Do you remember? I don't know. Yeah, there was another guy. Gosh. I don't remember, but we want to know that. So this guy, he did a very naughty thing. He had a lot of, co he had 24 wraps of cocaine oh. inside him. Imagine that burst. Um, so the longest you've been without going to the toilet. I hope that answers your question. Well, do you mean without actually going onto the loo? No. What? No, just going to the toilet. Going to the toilet. Okay, all right. Let's check. It's changes my answer. We're not oh, wait, asking four, five, people nine, four, where they've five, been. Five, double five. Yep. Okay. Yep. Let's check in. Other question. My other question was, what's this requesting? Can they request a song? No. No. So what do they request? The All-Star Request Hour. Right. My dear Ian, I would like to hear that plum, what don't call you no more, talk about squashed vegetables. I like mushy peas. Ladies and gentlemen, it's All-Star Request Hour. They request their favourite okay. clips. Have you got a request? I really like... There are many. Yeah. I think it's when that man, like, I think his name's Ben, he says, put that ruddy thing away. Oh, hang on a minute. Put that ruddy thing away. My pleasure. Thank Catherine, you. we'll come to yours after a bit of Dexys.
big finish. Boom. Now, a woman is criticising the decision to give her sex attacker expensive mental health care in Milton Keynes while she's had to fight to get treatment for her injuries. Roland's Bryce is a 27-year-old schizophrenic who'd been in a long-term psychiatric care in his native Latvia. Well, he assaulted the 23-year-old in Hull as she walked home from a nightclub. Catherine, uh, tell us more about the attack. OK, well, this case dates back to March 2013 when the victim, as you say, was walking home from a night out. Now, Bryce uh, grabbed her from behind. Uh, in the first instance, she managed to free herself and called 999, but when the police arrived, they found her shoes and bag on the path and, and Bryce trying to rape her under a nearby bridge. He was arrested. She was taken to Hull Royal Infirmary. Now, obviously, we're not going to be naming her for legal reasons, but here she talks about the injuries she sustained. I sustained injuries, quite bad injuries, to my, my feet, my ankles, my legs, my knees, um, my back, my fingers, hands, arms, literally everywhere. They were that bad. One of the police officers compared it to somebody who had fallen off a motorbike at high speed. They said the amount of skin which had been scraped from my knees and legs in particular was, was quite a, a, a large part. Um, and I couldn't believe it, but that was due to being dragged um, across the concrete. Uh, and she's unhappy, isn't she, with the way the case was dealt with by the justice system? Yeah, and it's not just her either. It wasn't until May 2014, so a year after the attack, that Roland's prize was sentenced. Now, the reasons given included delays in getting him psychologically assessed and a lack of Latvian translators within the health system. Wait, how long would it take to get a Latvian translator, guys? Exactly. But then sentencing was delayed on 11 separate occasions. I think on some of those he wasn't deemed not fit to stand. Now, the judge described the delay... As unjustifiable and in sentencing said that Bryce was a dangerous offender who posed a significant risk of causing serious harm to the public. Now he has met numerous mental disorders uh, Roland's Bryce and he was sent to Chadwick Lodge uh, which is a 52 bed medium security hospital in Milton Keynes for treatment. The victim says it's not fair that he was so well looked after. Part of me kind of understands that if this is the process they need to go through then fair enough but part of me then thinks um, why is everybody fighting for him? Why is nobody fighting my corner? I mean, he's receiving what seems to us like the best treatment. He's receiving private care and he's being well looked after. Um, yeah, well, what, what else is going to happen? I mean, I mean uh, the people be arguably should be sent back home and that's a pretty good argument, but what else would happen? Put them in a normal prison? Uh, what kind of treatment has she been offered? Well, it's unclear as to whether she's been offered any mental health treatment to deal with the trauma of what happened, but she's been concentrating on the fight to get her physical injuries taken seriously. And she says the scars on her legs in particular are a constant reminder of when she was dragged off the road. Now, she's been getting treatment for some raised red scarring on her right knee with steroid injections on the NHS, but now she's been told that they won't cover the cost of laser treatment, which she believes would finish the job. Now, her local healthcare trust in Yorkshire says the treatment is too expensive and there's no guarantee it would give the results that she wants. She feels let down. I've had nobody approach me asking me if I need treatment. Um, the only treatment I will eventually be receiving, I've had to go and find myself. I've had to fight my own corner. And like, like most people, I'm on an NHS waiting list for this. This is a tough one, isn't it? I, I can uh, I, I can kind of see all of the sides of the story here. Uh, what else do we know about the attacker? Well, this is a Roland's Bryce, or I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Is it Breeze? 
but he was sent to, to a really? well, he was sent to a mental hospital for arson uh, after committing arson. He burnt down his mother's home in 20, uh, 2008 in Latvia. He was released after eight months. In 2009, he moved with his mother and sister to live in Britain. Before this sex attack, he uh, reportedly lived in homeless hostels and racked up 11 convictions, mainly for assault and shoplifting. And the Minister of Justice refused to confirm whether he's still being treated at the uh, facility in Milton Keynes, but he's understood to have not been transferred to prison. See, I've never really been a massive fan of controlled immigration, but this is one of those people you kind of think, well, what's, well, what's he doing over here? You know, that, that's obviously asking for trouble, isn't it? Isn't it? I don't know. I can, you know, uh, I, I can see why he's in a private hospital, though. Yeah, because otherwise you'll go and do it again. But it's interesting what she said, and that that clip earlier on, where she, where the victim said she was uh, having to be put on a waiting list, that was taken from the time of his sentencing, I think. So it's since then she's been told that she's had as much treatment as she can get on the NHS. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. So where's this? Sorry, Captain. I may have cut you off short there, but um, tough. I was just, I was just tough. It's tough, mate. It's tough, isn't it, Bry? Yeah, good morning, Ian. Good morning, is, is that, Brian. Is that, is that Tommy Boyd? Sorry? Is that Tommy Boyd? Tommy Boyd, where? He's not here, mate. He's not been on the radio for a long time. He's he's past it. Oh, I'll tell you something. If you two got together, it would it would be the radio show of the, uh, of the uh, decade. If you Google it, there's an interview with, with uh, me and a very drunk Tommy Boyd somewhere. So uh, <laughs> go and check it out. Right, what you got? Right. Right, what have I got? Um, the longest I've gone without go, going for a tinkle... This, tri- um... this is in tribute to David Akande. <laughs> <laughs> Akande Apu. Akande yeah. Apu. Akande for you. Morning, Kath. How Morning, are you? Brian. Uh, do you know something? The only, the only reason why I actually listen to this station is actually listen to you, you and Kelly. Oh, you Michael, what about me? Well, you, you need to be sacked, mate. What the flipping out? You phoned up comparing me to a drunk has-been and now you're telling me I should be sacked? <laughs> Get anyway, to the point, Brian. Tell us about your wee-wee. Right, OK. Um, go, uh, this is basically back in the day. Uh, the silver Back in clean. the day? We're not drive time on heart, for goodness sakes. <laughs> well, that just gives an idea how old I am, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, very. <laughs> um, no, uh, it was the uh, Terence Higgins uh, uh, Age Awareness Trust. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Nedworth 90, obviously, back in 1990. Obviously. I, 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 what, when else could it have been? It was Nedworth well, 90. Well, it depends. It depends really. We finish at 9 o'clock this morning, Brian. I, I suspect that this, this conversation is going to last longer than the time you didn't go for a wee. Right, I'll get to it. Please. Uh, um, I stood I, st- I stood on the spot for 12 hours because you could not get through the crowd to actually get to the loo. Yes. And, uh, well, that's that's it, 12, 12 hours. 12 hours? That's rubbish. Yeah. David Akande Apu didn't go for <laughs> 21 days. Yeah, well, well, Willie, he had more, more important <laughs> issues on his mind. Didn't he? <laughs> uh, Brian, good call, mate. Thank you. Speak to you again soon. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Not bad on the roads at the moment. Keeping an eye on the cameras. Uh, motorways moving well, including the M1, the M25 and the M40. Uh, problems for tubes if you're heading into London. There's no metropolitan line between Harrow Hill and Moore Park. A signal failure at Northwood there. And the northern line suspended southbound into London from East Finchley down to uh, Kennington. And uh, there's also no service from Golders Green. That's because of overrunning engineering works at Camden Town. James Woolley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. 6.16, uh, Wednesday. 
the 6th of May. Is it Wednesday? It is, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is the election. So, right, OK. Mm. Wednesday the 6th of May, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A sex attack victim has criticised the private healthcare treatment given to her attacker in Milton Keynes. A Bedfordshire head teacher says his pupils will suffer because their school is being used as a polling station and will close tomorrow. And a car driver has been airlifted to hospital after a collision on the A1 in Hertfordshire yesterday evening, which closed the road for several hours. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've um, I've got thoughts about this head teacher saying the kids are going to lose out, and I think he's wrong. Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such... A minority. I think the man's a buffoon. Get him up, get him out of bed, give him a sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank goodness for the whiteboard, Justin, because if I didn't have the whiteboard in my studio, I would have forgotten that this morning... And I think, do you know what, if it goes well, we're going to make this a regular feature on the, down the rabbit hole. The All-Star Request Hour. Justin? Oh, I don't. Kelly, you're as bad as blooming Lockwood yesterday with the wrong faders and things. He was rubbish. All-star request out. Anne-Marie has requested this. In his pants. And you've got it, Anne-Marie. <laughs> uh, for me, can I have go away, please? Oh, you, well, tell us why you'd like that, why that's so important to you. Uh, that's so important to me because it takes me back to uh, a time around three months ago. I was on the streets. I was smiling, talking to people. I asked a very simple question to a lady and then it all kicked off. Go away. Uh, well, I tell you what we'll do. To make this is <laughs> this is great, Justin, and you've just taken it on to the next level. Yes, phone up and ask for your requests, but just tell us why they're so special to you. <laughs> Maybe you want to dedicate one to a loved one or someone in hospital. Oh uh, eight four five nine. It's a winner. It's a winner. It is a winner for me. I love this first hour so can much. Can I have one more, please? Mate. Please. Oh, buddy, of course you can. Okay, Most of them come I, from you anyway. Can I have um, Mr. Bacini? Um, from Bedfordshire, oh. uh, Mr. Dad Pop, it came from my brain. Would you mind? <laughs> I'm going to play it, Justin. Then I'd like to get your memories about yes, it. Okay, no problem. Here we go. This is for Justin Dealey out there on the streets. Dad Pop, where did that idea come from? Yeah, um, it came from my, my brain. Why is that so special to you, Justin? Um, that's so special because I went to meet a man who had a big campaign to get people stop parking on the pavements. Um, wasn't happy about that at all. And uh, when I got there and I asked him that first question, it's always stuck with me. It's, it's the most unusual answer I've ever heard in 20 years in the business. I it came got, from my brain. Boss, if I'm still here at Christmas... I have got an idea for a Christmas special, right? Mm. It's me and you, Just, and I just fire off clips and you tell the stories. Yeah. <laughs> so what, do, what memories does this bring back? I'm now in the urinal section. Oh, that brings back some fantastic memories for me, <laughs> that one. Uh, that's the... Uh, 
That's the men's toilets in Dunstable, <laughs> award-winning toilets, which was then later used on the tape, uh, which uh, was eventually used for the breakfast show of the year, which, of course, he won. <laughs> and one final one, Justin. This is really going back in the archives, OK? <laughs> We're dusting off the tapes for this one. It's an old cartridge. What memories does this bring back? Justin, do you like to go out fishing? Uh, that brings back memories of... Um, I was on the streets in St Albans that day and I was talking about recycling and to be quite frank with you, it was a boring morning. Um, I made some controversial comments and a lady started asking me about fishing. Justin, do you like to go out fishing? Oh, that's a winner. An hour of that on Christmas Day. I would totally tell the kids to shut up and listen to that. And also, I think you mentioned this before, I think be nice to actually invite those people onto the programme, put a microphone oh, in front of them. Here's David. Put your hands together for David. Oh, this it came from my brain. <laughs> this is what we do. We'd hire um, uh, Luton Library Theatre, OK? Mm-hmm. And um, we'd, we'd invite people on the stage. And j- just, just introduce them again. Go on. OK. Uh, this is Mr David Pacini, everybody. Dad pop. Where did that idea come from? Yeah, I mean, it came from my, my brain. Hey! <laughs> it would they'd barely be able to hear him over the floor. Oh, Joe, you know I, I would actually buy tickets for the whole family. <laughs> well, there's, there's an idea there. Hey, we've got to do a radio show. Sorry, sorry, mate. Let, let's right. do this, and then we'll, we'll crack on. 200 local schools are going to be used as polling stations tomorrow, meaning a quarter of them will be closed altogether. Great for democracy, annoying for working parents, but it's not the school's fault. Schools can't refuse to be a polling station. Uh, even academies or free schools who think they call the shots, well, they don't in this, although the decision as to whether they close down is down to them. Uh, Justin, how many schools are going to be shut tomorrow? Well, we think, we think uh, around a quarter of schools used in beds, hearts and bucks as, as polling stations will be closed. Um, depends on quite a few things, really. Um, the polling stations, they must have an entrance that can easily be accessed by members of the public. Uh, the use of toilet facilities. So Toilet if, facilities? Yeah, absolutely. Go, go before you came! <laughs> you need to have a toilet there because, obviously, people do get excited do about these David things. Do a David a candy! <laughs> so... Uh, if a school can essentially annex uh, the station away from the rest of the school, they might be able to stay open in a limited way. But again, with primary schools in particular, oh, that's man. often not possible because it's the size of the school yeah. and, of course, it's the safety of the children at the same time. Why are schools used so often? No specific reason, um, but the National Association of Head Teachers have told us that it's often because they're easily accessible to the public. And I think here the key point. Uh, Most schools used, they're under the control of the local authority. Therefore, they are free to use. It doesn't cost anything. So, if a commercial building was used, that would put the costs up. So, essentially, they are free to use. That's why they use quite often. And uh, all local authorities, do they use schools? Um, No, no. I mean, uh, when we were going through the figures, we noticed that Milson Keynes had a, a suspicious lack of schools. So, we asked them, yep. and it turns out they've got a policy in place that's been there for many years to, to actually avoid using schools for polling stations where possible. Because There's, there's one head teacher, Justin, who's, mm. uh, who's, com- who's complaining about this. 
saying, um, what was the line in the, the headlines? The line in the headlines was, Bedfordshire head teacher says his pupils will suffer because their school is being used as a polling station and will close tomorrow. Mm. No, no. You make it into a... Le- surely, the, surely your school closing down for democracy, yep. for the general election, well, surely that's one of the greatest lessons you can give to young people. It's yeah. a pain in the bum for parents. I'll grant him that. Well, I think it's fantastic. I think <laughs> I'm totally with you on this one. I think the school could be making something of that and to teach the children about their future because one day they will be in that position where they can vote. You've got the whole, week, the whole week doing a run-up to it and then yeah. on Friday you come back in and you discuss what happened and you have a radio yeah. on in the classroom yeah. as the election, as the results get announced. It's a bit of a no-brainer for me. I'm totally with you on this one. Justin, mm. got a great story I want you to take onto the street. Yeah, I'm here on the streets, ready to go. It's a bum rap. Yeah. Drug hider didn't go to loo for 21 days. And this guy, we don't, listen, we don't condone drugs, we don't mm. condone anything naughty, but this guy's my new hero. <laughs> David Akandiapu, 26, uh, a drug dealer who swallowed cocaine wraps, went 21 days without using the toilet in police custody. David Akandiapu thought mm. if he could wait long enough, he would p- avoid passing the evidence and not be charged. But he could no longer hold on to the 24 mini packages and the drug was recovered. The longest... He kept his buttocks clenched and refused to go along with a strip search. The longest you've been without going to the toilet. Can you make that work on the streets? Well, of course I can. It's a simple question. I'm looking for uh, simple answers, Justin, please. I'll speak to you later on. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Mark's in Bletchley. Morning, Mark. Uh, good morning, Nick. Welcome to the All-Star Request Hour, Mark. What would you like and why? I'd like to hear... I would like to... If you've got two of them, yeah. I'd like to hear Mr Spenlove talking yep. about I aim to retire or something. Yeah, it? yeah. I've heard that one for a while. Also, I'd like to hear old Dave Luton where he's uh, the cat. Tell me why they're so. Tell me why they're so special for you, Mark. Well, with, what memories do they bring back? With Mr. Spenlove's one, I, I was actually on the show uh, listening to, to, to the time he said it, and I said, "I wondered if anybody would clip that." And oh, what, I, you were what you were on that show that night? No, I wasn't actually on. I was listening. Oh, okay. To it. Yeah, oh. I was actually listening. So to you heard that guy? Well, hang on a second. This is what this is what he's referring to. Retire. Because I'm not going to sit here all night reading emails. Let me give you that one more again, because we missed we missed the beginning. I am going to retire, because I'm not going to sit here all night reading emails. You heard that one going out live, Mark. What did yeah. it feel like knowing that you were you were listening to to history being made? Well, it, it, it was it was strange because poor old Richard wasn't getting any calls. Oh well, yeah, he was just getting the emails through, and he thought he got more emails than people calling sort yeah. of thing, but. Yeah. Um, Obviously, uh, it was it was quite funny, really. Just, oh. And I thought, because I know uh, one occasion he said, "Oh, I shall I shall go home," and 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 so. I used to email in and say, I'm not letting you have Saturday nights off or something And he's like still that. plodding on, isn't he? Yeah. Still, still plodding on. on. And you, got, you had another one, uh, Mark? Yeah, Dave, uh, Dave in Luton. He, where is he? We don't hear him on so much. Well, now, since we? Dave bottled out going to watch um, a soft porn film with me, we've not heard from him. But, Mark, this is for you and everybody that's requested this, including Paul on Twitter and the hundreds of texts we've received. Have you ever seen a cat, when it gets into its basket, it'll turn and turn and turn and stick its paws into the bottom? Right, and it seems when it gets on your lap and it digs its paws into your leg because it thinks it's going to sleep on a snake. Ladies and gentlemen, it's one of the most popular clips that we have. Dave from Luton talking, well, basically, a load of old guff about why cats uh, claw your laps. 08459 555555. The longest you've been without going to the toilet, please. And it's the All-Star Request Hour.
from beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's building up on the uh, motorways, the anti-clockwise M25, looking quite heavy from the M1 round towards junction uh, 19, rather. Uh, The uh, A1M slow southbound, just south of junction 7, Stephen, as we can see on the speed sensors. Busy into London on the A1 through Boreham Wood from the Holiday Inn to Stirling Corner and onto the tubes in London. Well, the Metropolitan Line suspended Harrow on the Hill to Moor Park. There's a signal failure at Northwood. And the Northern Line has no service into London from East Finchley and Golders Green uh, because of overrunning works down at Camden Town. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A sex attack victim says it's unfair that her attacker has been given private health care treatment in Milton Keynes while she has to go on the NHS waiting list for her injuries. The party leaders will make their final arguments on the last day of campaigning ahead of tomorrow's general election. Meanwhile, the head teacher of a school in Dunstable says his pupils will suffer because his school has to close tomorrow. Just under 200 schools in the three counties are being used as polling stations. Around 50 are having to close. And a car driver has been airlifted to hospital after a collision on the A1 in Hertfordshire yesterday evening, which closed the road for several hours. It happened on the northbound carriageway just north of Boreham Wood, just before 6.30. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford have released details of season ticket sales for the Premier League. Season tickets go back on sale on Friday morning. They will be available to fans with ticket buying history over the last three years. Nearly 11,500 renewed their season tickets before the end of the season. The Hornets say they will cap season tickets at around 13,500 to ensure enough tickets remain on a game-by-game basis. Juventus beat holders Real Madrid 2-1 in the first leg of their Champions League semi-final. Cristiano Ronaldo scored his fifth 54th goal of the season for Real, but it was a Carlos Tevez penalty that gave Juventus the advantage going into the return leg in Spain next week. Tonight, Barcelona host Bayern Munich. The Luton Town chairman has told BBC Three Counties that injuries were the main reason the Hatters didn't gain promotion this season. Nick Owen says they were hit harder than most. Every club has its injuries, but this season we'd lost the spine of the team. You could probably put down 11 players now who would be in many cases, one of the first names on the team sheet, and they've been out for long periods this season, including the goalkeeper, including the centre-half and captain. And in boxing, two people in the USA have taken out a lawsuit against Manny Pacquiao, accusing him of lying about a shoulder injury sustained before his defeat by Floyd Mayweather in Las Vegas at the weekend. Two people in Nevada have alleged the boxer defrauded ticket buyers, television viewers and gamblers. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Yeah, you tell him. Call 08459-555-555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The longest you've not been to the toilet. Uh, and it's the all-star request hour. You can request your favourite clips. We may do this every morning. Uh, Scott has tweeted, could I request this, please? Christmas is not coming. I like that one because I like it. It's funny when A, Christmas is not coming, and B, when it is coming. Both times it's funny. Christmas is not coming. And he's right. He's right. Uh, Catherine, we've not heard your request yet. What request would you like to make? Can you turn my mic on? Oh, here we go, yes. There's there my we first go. Request. Oh, well, that's it. The second request is uh, stuff for free. People in this country deserve to have stuff for free. Yeah! Here, here. 
Guys, we're not allowed to tell you who to vote for, but tomorrow, <laughs> vote for that guy. <laughs> no, after seven, we will be telling you uh, who we're voting for and why you should be voting for them as well. So get that ready, Kelly. Can I have one more? May, of course you can. But I can't remember what the cliff is from. Is it this one? Says. Oh, hang on a second. Is it this one? Wee Willy Wonky. No, it's... <laughs> what's Miss Angela's? Oh, oh Miss Angela's. Yeah, um, 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 it's in the top right corner. What's Miss Angela's? You've had it, my darling. I can't even remember what that what was, was it? originally. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's in the papers apart from David Akandia Poo? Uh, well, one of my other favourite clips, doorbells. Oh, Sadiq. For, that guy's becoming... Doorbells. He's taken that on tour, that show. Doorbells. He's taken that to Edinburgh this year. And I seriously, I've, I've heard rumours that Spielberg is interested in making a film of Sadiq and... Doorbells. Starring Sadiq. Keep your finger near the mouth. Hey, where are you going tonight? Pictures. What are you going to see? Doorbells. Starring Sadiq. Oh, man, I'll have some of that in 3D. Keep your finger near the mouse. You're going to need it for this story. OK, yes. How... Doorbells. ...ruins memories. Oh, this is great. Older people have poorer memories because they're more likely to get distracted, as studies found. Researchers found that the elderly are prone to senior moments because their ability to hold thoughts in their head deteriorates with age. The decline in their working memory capacity means that when the phone rings or the... Doorbells. ...goes, they completely forget what they were just doing. A study of 30,000 people playing a memory game via a phone app showed younger participants scored higher than older ones when a flashing coloured light distraction was introduced. It's all about the... Uh, Doorbells. But that's why... Knockers are better. You see? Um, Mark says, can I have this, please? When a man loves a woman. With great pleasure. With great pleasure. How many dealies is that? Did we decide? That's, oh, that's like 2,000 dealies. <laughs> Kels? Yeah. You like a cockatoo, don't you? Love them. Well, they, you wouldn't like these ones. They, oh. They've been shoved in, in little water bottles. That'd be a surprise. You open that and there's a cockatoo in there. It's awful. I've seen that picture. There's a bulging oh, eye. Oh, they love it. They wouldn't do it if they didn't like it. This cockatoo was one of 24 stuffed into water bottles by bird smugglers. The rare yellow-crested birds, birds worth 650 quid on the black market, were rescued by customs in Surabaya, Indonesia. Eight died. Experts fear their extinction. The thing is, right, so what they've done is they've got a water bottle, a little water bottle, mm -hmm. they've cut the bottom off, they've shoved a, a cockatoo up there and they've left the lid off so that it can breathe, OK? Didn't work for eight of them. <gasps> 600... I didn't realise they took the bottom off. Well, well, they didn't shove it through the hole. Well, I wondered. Um, it's not like a ship in a bottle where you pull a string. Um, but, but I'm kind of thinking they're only 650 quid a pop. Think of the amount of heroin you could get into a bottle. Surely it would be easier and safer and quieter, let's be honest, to shove heroin into a bottle than rather than, I don't know, a cockatoo. The difficulty is you can't shake heroin out of the trees as easy as you can shake a cockatoo out. That's true. That's true. That, and that, that just above um, David Akande as well. Akande Apu. Uh, what you got? Uh, OK, here's another one. Uh, baby Tat, page nine, Daily Mail. Oi, now, baby Tat. I know that, you know, the Chinese went into overdrive before George was born. They've done it against say, Charlotte. Are we allowed to say the Chinese are nuts? No, we're not. No. Okay. When you say but baby they are very prolific when it comes to royal tat. You don't mean tattoos, do you? No. no. Okay. Although, I'm sure it's happened. Speaking of royal tat, go to the Facebook page. Have a look at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, bless. You, see, you know what I'm talking about, don't you, Kels? I'm a knitter. Don't knit that. Anyway. Okay, knitting, knitting real living people is weird. 
Martin. It is weird. And yes, bless, it's wonderful that you did that, uh, young lady. You know, but, but it's weird. Why would you need somebody? That's like voodoo. The other thing is... Don't I've mess s- with that shiz. Uh, the other thing is, and, I, and I'm going to say this, and I've said it before, I've seen better. I've seen better. Oh, I thought it was lovely. No, you can, didn't. When did you no, think... You didn't. Did. You're being kind. I've seen a brilliant Morrissey knitted. He was good. It was well done. It was well executed. They'd taken care of that. that I mean, that Who'd have anyone. thought that Kelly would be the voice of reason? I agree. I think it's wonderful, but it's yeah. weird. It's weird. Horrible. But it's one... No, it's not rubbish. horrible. I'm a knitter. That's rubbish. It's not rubbish. It's wonderful. It's but lovely. It's, but it's weird. But it is lovely. lovely. I like the flying dogs. <laughs> I do like the flying dogs. It's lovely. Anyway. Yeah. So they're doing it. Facebook's doing it. Yeah. Even Prince Charles is doing it. Yeah. His granddaughter is less than a week old, but Prince Charles's upmarket memorabilia range is already cashing in on his hey, royal baby. Hey. The inline... Uh, oh, sorry, on, online and in-store business, the profits of which go to charity... Oh... Um, no, it's still like sending pictures of your granddaughter, isn't it? That's still yeah. odd. Uh, was yesterday advertising a host of products to mark the birth of Princess Charlotte, including a nine ninety five baby booty accessory. I mean, Prince baby Charles. booty. Uh, the the over sexualisation of young people is outrageous. <laughs> Just the only decent song that Queen did, apart from The Invisible Man. I like that one, even though that's rubbish. So, so the, 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 there's a picture of um, a young man on page 33 of the Daily Mail. Uh, could this be the face of Jesus as a boy? No. That's that one, solved. He's blonde. Uh, he's, he's, he's blonde and he's got blue eyes. This is the face of Jesus Christ as a child, according to Italian police. Gosh, when have you ever trusted an Italian copper? Blimey. Detectives used... 
computer forensic techniques that have helped to catch mafia bosses to gener- generate the image. But you know what? Oh, crying um, out loud. Also, hey, guys, uh, they're no crime in Italy now. They created a photo fit picture from the facial image in the Turin Shroud. Well, that's not Jesus easy either. For crying out loud, guys. They then used a computer program to reverse the ageing process by reducing the jaw size. Oh, dearie me. Well, the Turin Shroud isn't real. It's not real. It's not Jesus. There's a technique to get you to sleep in 60 seconds. Yeah, isn't it whooshing? It's whooshing. This is sort of what I used to... I used to be able to, I mentioned this before, I used to be able to make myself fall asleep on uh, aeroplanes during takeoff. Right. It involved um, um, using... Uh, basically, I had to tap into the, uh, the change in air pressure as mm-hmm. you took off. I had to be really, really tired as well, and then I could knock myself out. But this technique is... Um, it's a technique that claims to help even the most restless sleeper master the art of dropping off in just 60 seconds. But it may be bad news for any partner hoping for a peaceful night. The method involves making a loud whooshing noise and can take several weeks to fully learn. The technique has been pi- pioneered by US expert... What was this? US expert Dr Andrew Vile and is based on an ancient Indian practice. So, this is how you do it. You step one, exhale completely through the mouth, making a whoosh sound. Step two, close your mouth, inhale through the nose while counting to four. Step three, hold your breath while counting to seven. Step four, exhale completely for a count of eight, making a whoosh. Repeat until you fall asleep. Is that how you make yourself pass out? It's just, um... It's just, um... People are idiots, aren't they? And this guy, I don't mean he's, he's not listening, so I can say he's an idiot. 08459 four double five five double five. We're asking the longest you've been without going to the toilet, ones or twos or even threes. Uh, and uh, we're taking your uh, request. It's the all-star request hour. 08459 four double five five double five. You can uh, text them as well if you want. 81333. Start your text 3CR. We'll find out more after the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 slow moving southbound between junctions 10 and 9, Luton down to Redbourne. Usual anti clockwise delays on the M25, slow moving 21 down to 19, and then it's also slow towards junction 16, the M40 on the sensors. Southbound A1M, slow at 7, Stevenage, delays into London on the A1 through Boreham Wood towards Stirling Corner. Also very busy down towards Mill Hill Circus. And uh, checking the trains well, through the three counties looking fine. Into London, though, the Metropolitan Line suspended Harold Hill to Moor Park with a signal failure and northward. The northern line is now running but with severe delays. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. 6.45. It's Wednesday the 6th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A sex attack victim has criticised the private healthcare treatment given to her attacker in Milton Keynes. A Bedfordshire head teacher says his pupils will suffer because their school is being used as a polling station and will close and a car driver has been airlifted to hospital after a collision on the A1 in Hertfordshire yesterday evening which closed the road for several hours. We'll speak to Dealey in a bit. Let's get the weather first. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We had a really blustery night last night. Strong winds, heavy rain, and that's really going to continue this morning as well. We've already seen one, two very heavy showers, um, but the breeze has really stayed the same. It's still going to be strong gusts of 30, maybe 40 miles per hour through the course of the day, but some sunny spells as well. And we're already seeing those this morning. We've got some sunshine out there, but the showers aren't far away. The good thing about having this strong southwesterly breeze is any showers we do get, they're going to blow through fairly quickly. 
so they're not going to last for too long. More cloud around this afternoon, more showers around this afternoon, but gradually the wind is falling a little lighter. It's going to feel a bit cooler as well today. The maximum temperature getting up to around 14, possibly 15 Celsius. Now, overnight, the wind continues to ease, thankfully, and it's going to be much drier. Still some showers feeding in from the west and the northwest, but they're going to become fewer and further between as well. Some clear spells and a minimum temperature of 5 Celsius. For Thursday morning or for Thursday in general, of course, it's election day tomorrow. It is going to be a much improved day, much calmer day. The wind a lot lighter, a much drier day. Still the chance of maybe a shower, but few and far between if we do get any at all. And we should get some pleasant sunny spells. Temperatures tomorrow up to 15 Celsius. And that's your forecast. After a nail-biting final weekend. Bounding around there, and it's in! It's in for Sheffield Wednesday! The season's over for two of our local teams. Here's Ben Reeves with the free kick, left for the delivery, low, Lewington! With the Premier League waiting for the Hornets. Watford are promoted to the Premier League. And MK Dons promoted to the Championship. The final whistle goes at Stadium MK! The Dons are in the Championship! It's been a fantastic season, and you've heard it all right here. Three Counties Sport from BBC Three Counties Radio. It's the All-Star Request Hour, and uh, Anne-Marie has uh, requested... Need to tidy these up, but I need some headphones that work. Oh, where's it gone? Where's it gone? Oh, this! It's like killing a bee with a bazooka. With great pleasure, Anne-Marie.
first part. I've got some. Well, I've got. I mean, I don't know how to break this to you, though. Um, what? Let's 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 let Meatloaf finish, and I've got some bad news for you, mate. Okay. Okay. The two people, the two people that lost... Oh, Meatloaf, shush. Go on, walk off. Chill out, mate. The two people that lost their powers when they cut their hair, Samson and Meatloaf. Once Meatloaf cut his hair, just a fat bloke. Here's another yep. one, Michael Bolton. Oh, the three people that lost their... <laughs> th- that's tomorrow's uh, phone-in. Here's another one, Kenny oh. G. The f- tomorrow's phone-in, dear listener. People who lost their powers when they cut their hair. Here's Chalk another it up. one. Chalk it up. Here's another one. Curtis Steiger. There we go, I'll ladies. Give you one more. Pat Sharp. <laughs> oh, this is great. Tomorrow, Justin, can you take this to the street <laughs> for the first hour? Of course I can. I love the first hour. What I like about the first hour is we come up with rubbish. I kind of hesitantly give it to you, thinking, oh, he's going to laugh at me. Go, no, what time do you want it, boss? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, before we get to the one I've given you today... Mm. Story in the Daily Mail, Justin, page 26. Mm. Basically says you're an idiot. The headline could be Justin Dealey is an idiot. Okay. 1986, the year pop music all sounded the same. Mm, not really. Who sang that? Fiona McRae, the science co- the science correspondent. Hey. No. If you think modern pop songs all sound the same, you may need to listen more closely. Scientists say there is no evidence today's chart music is becoming more boring. British researchers, who've obviously found a cure for AIDS and cancer, (laughs) used a computerised analysis spanning 50 years of music to categorise pop songs by their chords and tones. They found pop music was at its most boring in 1986, when the rise of drum machines and synthesizers Mm -hmm. led to similar-sounding thongs. Yes. Well, that's absolute rubbish. We are going to, I presume this morning, we are going to put a wrong right. Are, are we not? Well, I, I mean, I've got the top 100 of 1986. Top, like, you don't, the thing is, you don't like the number one song of 1986. What's the number one song of 86? Oh, baby, my heart is full of love and desire for you. I'm coming out and doing what I gotta do. You gotta be in a feeling down in my soul. Oh, is that, is that Don't Leave Me This Way? Or was I singing the other one? Um, then that's the other one. It was, it was Don't Leave Me This Way. Well, I'm not saying I don't like the song. You I'm refuse saying to let me as good as the original. You refuse to let me... OK, number two song, mm-hmm. 1986, Chain Reaction, boring song. Um, no, it's classic. Bee Gees wrote that, didn't they? Yes. You can tell. You can tell it's got the Bee Gees. I want to wake up with you. Oh, Boris. <laughs> I don't know. Who's Boris Gardner? Oh, reggae legend. That was a smoochy one, wasn't yeah. it? How does it go? Boss, not now. Not on, now. <laughs> Come on, not now. Not uh, now. All right, number number 14, Nick Berry, Every Loser Wins. That's okay, sick. that was rubbish, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. 18, the chicken song, Spitting Image. Mm, but to a lot of people, novelty songs, they're always right there in their heart. Also, the 80s were dark days. Let's have a laugh. Speaking of dark days, uh, number 31, Cliff Richard and Sarah Brightman, All I Ask of You. <laughs> oh. Mel and Kim showing out, get fresh at the weekend. Get fresh at the weekend. Showing. Anyway, 
Justin. Yes. David Akandiapu. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, listen, we, we should all have heroes, and I don't condone what he did. It's smuggling drugs, selling drugs, taking drugs. It was both naughty and silly. It's naughty and silly, and we don't condone it. But this guy's got dedication to not going to prison. He went to prison for seven years in the end. <laughs> Uh, but he um, had um, uh, 21 wraps. No, he swallowed them. 21 yeah. wraps of cocaine, which he swallowed. Uh, and the police said, we're going to do a bum search on you. He said, no, no, you're not. He said, all right, well, we're going to leave you in a room with a toilet. He said, OK, fine. 21 days Gosh. he went without uh, releasing uh, those uh, those uh, wraps. What's your record, Justin? Uh, five days for me. Yeah, I've done about five. Um, that's painful. Five days. When I go when I go uh, away, I don't. When I go away with groups of people, I don't like using the toilet. And this all comes from when I went to a drama course when I was 14 in Wales with people I didn't know. And uh, day one, I made the schoolboy error, Justin, of going into a cubicle to 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 well to do a poo. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone looked over the top and laughed at me. Aye. And Ooh. since then, it's you know really. What that's called? Hey, it's messed me up, Just. Yeah. Mine was all down to uh, going camping with school, Vesta meals. I don't think you process them. No. I certainly did, not for about six days. Your body absorbs the poison. Uh, Justin, you took this to the streets, mate. I did, and we had a very interesting perspective uh, coming up, first of all. Uh, Here's what people had to say on the streets. Let's get the doctor's perspective. What's your name, Doc? Uh, My name is Sanjay Sena. What's your name, Doc? Sanjeev. Talking about a man today who's not been to the toilet for 21 days. What's the longest you've been without going to the toilet? A poo-poo. Three, four days. 21 days is a very long time. It's a very long time. What about you? No, 12 hours. 12 hours. Nice, healthy guy. (laughs) Um, 21 days, you're a doctor. That's not good for your health, is it? No, that's not good for your health. It's a great doctor's perspective. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Two days? Six days. Trust me, I weren't good. I trust him. (laughs) How did you find doctors, Just? Well, when you're on the streets, you just talk to people, and uh, there you go. Two doctors right in front of me. I thought, you two guys, you're perfect for this. By the way, yes, sir. can I have some more requests? Yeah, mate, what would you uh, like? The, the request out today, can I have, um, are you serious? Uh, and just give us your memories behind okay. Are You Serious? Very interesting memories behind this one. It was a day where we had gale force winds. Yeah. I went down to a train station. Yeah. I was talking to commuters. I said to this man, do you realise all the trains have been cancelled? That information was out the night before. Everyone knew these winds were coming, apart from him. And he said this. And Well, no, hang on. <laughs> And just remind us why it was so... That's the situation, but why was it so powerful for you? It was so powerful because every single person I spoke to, well, they knew about the situation. Except for this guy. Apart from this person. Except for this... And what did he say? Are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah. Yes. You blew his mind. Do you want one more, Just? Yes. People in this country deserve things for free. Oh, it's... <laughs> I mean, it really is an absolute classic. People but... in this country deserve to have stuff for free. <laughs> Justin, speak to you later. Thank you. Ta-ta. We'll carry on the all-star request hour tomorrow between 6 and 7, but for now... Shh. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, it's slow southbound round Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road towards Junction 9 for Redbourne, and it's also looking quite slow on the approach now on the A5 southbound at Luton Road towards the M1. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford, and it's also looking busy on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts. Having a look at the speed sensors uh, elsewhere in Watford, things are moving fine through the roadworks around the bushy arches, and on the train park towards there are no major delays, but on the underground there are severe delays.
delays on the Metropolitan Line between Harrow on the Hill and Watford. That's because of a signal failure earlier on at Northwood. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. What a busy first hour of the show. And, and so many good things. What a shame that in about 15 seconds we have to stop talking about them. Shh. It's our secret. Coming up, well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really give the last two hours much thought these days. Let's get the news. Here's Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines, victims' anger over treatment for sex attacker in Milton Keynes. Bedfordshire Head not happy to close on polling day and driver airlifted to hospital after Hertfordshire crash. BBC Three Counties Radio. A sex attack victim says it's unfair that her attacker has been given private healthcare treatment in Milton Keynes while she has to go on the NHS waiting list for her injuries. Roland's Bryce, a 27-year-old Latvian schizophrenic, was given a life sentence and a hospital hospital order a year ago for attempting to rape the woman as she walked home from a nightclub. He was sent to Chadwick Lodge, a secure private psychiatric hospital in Milton Keynes, to receive mental health care. Meanwhile, the victim says she has to fend for herself. I've had nobody approach me asking me if I need treatment. Um, the only treatment I will eventually be receiving, I've had to go and find myself. I've had to fight my own corner. And like like most people, I'm on an NHS waiting list for this. The party leaders will make their final arguments on the last day of campaigning ahead of tomorrow's general election. David Cameron and Nick Clegg will conclude their whistle-stop tours of the country, while Ed Miliband will be making his closing pitch in northern England. Meanwhile, the head teacher of a school in Dunstable says his pupils will suffer because his school has to close tomorrow. Ardley Hill Academy is being used as a polling station. More from Ben Nye. Jonathan Smith says it's very disruptive for pupils and parents. He believes the council should consider other options. Just under 200 schools in the three counties are being used as polling stations tomorrow and around 50 are having to close. Schools can't refuse to be used as a polling station, even academies or free schools, but they do make the decision whether to close. In Milton Keynes, the council tries to avoid using schools, which means they can stay open. A car driver has been airlifted to hospital after a collision on the A1 in Hertfordshire yesterday evening, which closed the road for several hours. It happened on the northbound carriageway just north of Boreham Wood just before 6.30 and involved a white Fiat 500 and a silver Ford Transit van. Hearts police say the driver of the Fiat suffered serious injuries and was taken to a London hospital. The van driver was not injured. Police are appealing for witnesses. A 27-year-old man accused of killing a doorman outside a bar in Hartford is to go on trial in October. William Wade from High Cross near Ware pleaded not guilty to manslaughter when he appeared at St Albans Crown Court yesterday. He's alleged to have caused the death of 54-year-old James Darra in an assault outside the Stonehouse bar in August last year. In sport, Watford say they will cap season ticket sales at around 13,500 for the Premier League to make sure enough tickets are available on a game-by-game -game basis. Season tickets go back on sale on Friday. Nearly 11,500 were renewed before the end of the season. The weather, blustery and heavy showers today with also longer spells of rain, staying windy, a maximum temperature 14 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. 
I said, a, a moment of exhaustion just hit me then. Oh, dear. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Tick your radar diaries now. School's closing. Sorry, someone's just come in to take an empty cup to make coffee. That's more important than any form of menu. Sorry? Someone. Well, someone. I forgot that girl's name. Who is that? I don't remember. He's Kirsty. That's it. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This I, um, is BBC Three Counties Radio. We talked the other day, Catherine, about if you're signed up to Netflix or Amazon or these movie streaming services, you lower your standards as to what is an acceptable film. Yeah. And I'm on Amazon and I, I had a couple of hours free yesterday. I thought, I'm going to watch a film. I started four films and got like 15 minutes into each one and went, ah, I can't watch this I've done rubbish. that on that particular uh, streaming site. I ditched um, Future World, the sequel to Westworld. I, sort of, I, mean, I don't really like Peter Fonda, I've decided. I ditched a Korean film uh, called Cyborg. I ditched a rubbish film called Ink. Oh, I saw Ink. Is it no good? What was it about? I don't know, but it was just rubbish. I was tempted with that. And then I ditched... Oh, I ditched a film that looked quite good, and then it was boring. It got a good review. Um, a, a, a Boy and His Dog, and it stars a young Don Johnson um, in a desert after a nuclear war, and he, he communicates telepathically with his dog. Gosh. Yeah, I know, and you it should have been a winner. <laughs> it should have been a winner after that description. But in the end, I finally got round, 11 years late, to watching Super Size Me. It's good, isn't it? And I've had that on DVD for eight. I remember I got it free with the Daily Mail or something. I bought the Daily Mail so I'd get it. And I think, I'm sure, I'm not, I, someone knows my career better than me. I'm sure I interviewed Morgan Spurlock on a TV show I did years and years ago. Bit enough, good, isn't it? Did it make you want to clean up your act? No, it made me want to have a McDonald's. <laughs> It made me think, oh, we haven't got super size over here. Look at that, it's half a pound of fries. Do you not go large anymore? Is that not the same thing? No, super no. Super size is even bigger. Super size is even bigger. Wow. Super size is even bigger. And they showed, like, these big cups that you can get, not in McDonald's, but in, in like, stores over there. Mm. You know, the big beakers. Massive. But they hold a whole huge bo- litre bottle of yeah. Coke. I've been to the baseball, I know what happens. Oh, man, a lie. I, I, honestly, it just made me... I really wanted a Mackey D's afterwards. They eat a lot over there. The portions are big. Yeah. The portions well, are massive. They're, they're fat. But also, that film's 11 years out, out of date now. It, so that has happened over here. You, you know, you, you talk about the obesity crisis and, and, and fat kids and fat people and stuff like that. Well, that's here now. I went to see my sister for a couple of weeks and came back craving salad, anything green, because everything is beige. And even if you ask for a side of broccoli, it comes with cheese sauce on it. The McDonald's salad has, I think, as much salt and as much fat as the Big Mac. Well, it certainly did 11 years ago. It's he just... didn't look well, did he? He didn't look he well. He didn't look well. He looked like a cheeseburger. What was he doing with that girl? That's all I kept thinking. What was he doing? Because he's obviously a quirky guy. What was he doing with the plain vegan? No no res- d- d- disrespect to, uh, to plain girls. Vegans, yeah, weird. What was he doing with the plain vegan? Because she would annoy me. He was going out with a vegan chef. I don't even remember the plain vegan. That's how plain she must have been. Um, but then and then I kind of, you know, as I do when I'm w- watching films, and like my, I can't hold my attention for two hours, I was then, like, um, Wikipedia-ing him. He directed the One Direction documentary that came out last year. Oh. Isn't that weird? What for? Wasn't that weird? Well, for the bucks, for the dollar. He wanted dollar, he got dollar. Fair enough. He direct. And I, by the way, um, uh, uh, David Van Day, I'll, I'll direct the uh, the dollar doc. But he he directed the one direction documentary. I thought, what a strange 
career trajectory to have followed. But then I guess when you've stopped experimenting on yourself and filming it, you've got to, you know, take a, take the load off and watch the load of other kids doing it. Was it was good, though. I did enjoy that. And I just thought, wow, I'm 11 years um, late to this. Uh, I mean, I was... Good party I was, still. I was very busy drinking at the time that yeah. the, the film came out. That's why I didn't watch it. You missed it. I'm sure I interviewed... Someone the other day went, um, Cletus, bear with me. I think his name was Cletus. No, it wasn't Cletus, but the fella from the Dukes of Hazard, not Boss Hogg and not the Dukes, yes. the, but the dumb sidekick to Boss Hogg died. Right. Like about a month ago. Was it? It was Cletus, wasn't it? It might have been Cletus. He died at the age of 88, and someone posted on my Facebook page, that was the best interview you ever did. I went, what? He said, you interviewed that fella that died. I said, no, I didn't. He said, yeah, you did. He was in character and everything. You interviewed him. I don't, I don't know. I might have done. I don't remember it. Gosh. I remember interviewing the face man from the A-Team when he arrived on the back of a motorbike. That was cool. I don't remember interviewing Cletus. The lost years. The very lost. Well, no, I was, I was, I was, um, I wasn't, I wasn't lost then, I don't think. Anyway, 08459 455 etc, etc, etc. A woman is criticising the decision to give, we're moving on to a serious story now, to give her sex attacker expensive mental health care in Milton Keynes while she's had to fight to get treatment for her injuries. Roland's Bryce is a 20 27-year-old schizophrenic who'd been in long-term psychiatric care in his native Latvia. He assaulted the 23-year-old in Hull as she walked home from a nightclub. Well, Catherine's got more on this. What happened in the attack? Well, this is a case dating back to March 2013 when, as you say, the victim was walking home from a night out. She was grabbed from behind and in the first instance she managed to free herself from her attacker and called 999. But by the time the police got there, all they found on the path were her shoes and her bag and they looked in the area uh, surrounding it and found under a bridge this, this fellow, Bryce, trying to rape her. He was arrested on the spot. She was taken to Hull Royal Infirmary and obviously we're not going to name her for legal reasons but she talks here about the injury she, she sustained. I sustained injuries, quite bad injuries to my, my feet, my ankles, my legs, my knees, um, my back, my fingers, hands, arms, literally everywhere. They were that bad. One of the police officers compared it to somebody who had fallen off a motorbike at high speed. They said the amount of skin which had been scraped from my knees and legs in particular was, was quite a, a, a large part. Um, and I couldn't believe it, but that was due to being dragged um, across the concrete. Uh, now, the case uh, kind of went on for a long time. She's unhappy with the way the justice system dealt with it, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, not just her. A judge spoke out about it as well. It wasn't until May 2014, so over a year after the attack, that Roland's Bryce was sentenced. Reasons given included delays in getting him assessed psychologically and also a lack of Latvian translators within the health system. Well. Sentencing was, in fact, delayed on 11 separate occasions. I think some of those were because he wasn't fit to stand. Now, the judge in the case described the delay as unjustifiable and in sentencing said that Bryce was a dangerous offender who posed a significant risk of causing serious harm to the public. Um, Bryce has numerous mental disorders and he was sent to Chadwick Lodge which is a 52 bed medium security hospital in Milton Keynes for treatment. The victim feels it's just not fair that he was so well looked after. Part of me kind of understands that if this is the process they need to go through then fair enough but part of me then thinks um, why is everybody fighting for him? Why is nobody fighting my corner? I mean, he's receiving what seems to us like the best treatment. He's receiving private care and he's been well looked after. I've got it. 
when you said there, the victim says it's not fair he was so well looked after. No, it is fair he was so well looked after. What's unfair is how badly she's she, been looked yeah, after. Exactly. That's what that's what it is. I was I knew I couldn't quite get my head around it. That's the problem. It's not that he was so well looked after. He had to be. He's mentally ill and you can't just bang him in a prison or I mean you you could argue he should be sent back to Latvia, I don't know. Uh but but the the problem is the way that she's been well, also, Look. he's been dealt with in a different system. She's been dealt yeah. with within within the healthcare system, he, uh, yeah. the NHS, and he's been, you, you know, he's a he's a dangerous offender. He has to be dealt with through the justice yeah. system. What so, kind of treatment has she been offered? Well, this is the point. It's unclear whether she's been offered any mental health treatment to deal with the trauma of what happened. She's concentrating her efforts on the fight to get physical injuries taken seriously, and she's really focused on these scars that she has on her legs. She says they're a constant reminder of when she was dragged from the road, a constant reminder of the attack. Now, she's been getting treatment for some really nasty raised red scarring on her right knee. She's been having steroid injections on the, the NHS but now she's been told that the NHS can't cover the cost of laser treatment which she believes would finish the job. Her local healthcare trust says the treatment is just too expensive and also there's no guarantee it would give the results she wants. Speaking at the time of the sentencing she felt let down. I've had nobody approach me asking me if I need treatment um, the only treatment I will eventually be receiving I've had to go and find myself. I've had to fight my own corner. And like like most people, I'm on an NHS waiting list for this. Uh, what else do we know about the attacker? He's, I mean, he's, he's uh, unwell and yeah. thoroughly unpleasant. And he's been unwell for a long time. The yeah. court heard he was sent to a mental hospital um, for arson in 2008. Actually, we know it was the home of a family member he set on fire. Now, this happened in Latvia. He was released after eight months. In 2009, he moved with his mother and sister to live in Britain. And before the attack happened in Hull, he reportedly lived in homeless hospitals and racked up 11 convictions, mainly for assault and shoplifting. Now, the Ministry of Justice have refused to confirm whether he was still being treated at the private hospital, but he's understood to not have been transferred to prison. You know, the, uh, uh, that's surely a case for um, um, the sending him out of the country. You, isn't it? Isn't there? You thought, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one for these, let's send them all back, but uh, someone like this, we don't need them here, do we? So 11 convictions. Why has no-one spotted that this was going to happen beforehand. Catherine, thank you very much. Morning, Cameron. That was completely inappropriate. That <laughs> was not what I meant to play, but... Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three well, Counties Radio. It lightened the mood when perhaps it needed lightening, but that wasn't... I didn't mean to play that at all. I had the wrong thing set up on... Uh, uh, my keyboard. 08459 455 555. Uh, 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 general election tomorrow, which means tomorrow we can't mention the general election, which is kind of cool. Uh, we'll be talking in a little bit about um, uh, some uh, teachers, head teachers, are a little bit upset that their schools are being used as um, polling stations and um, they think it will disrupt the, the uh, young people at school. I, well, I, I, I think it's a pain in the bum for the parents. But for the kids, surely it's it's the greatest learning experience there is, isn't it? If I was the head... This is what I'd do, Catherine. So, in the run-up to the election, you talk about the election. You do. You have a. You have. Um, you have like a mock election. You have kids standing for the county. You have. You read the prospectuses. You say this is what the Greens stand. This is what the Labour's. This is what the. La, la, la. You have like a little mock poll on the. You, yes, I heard that on the the Friday uh, after the election. You come in and you have the radio on or the TV on as the results are being announced. On the Thursday, the headmaster says, "Right, I'm going to be at the school all day. If anyone wants to come down and see how poll, see what it's like." So you get 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids going to have a look around the polling station. You can get the kids to do an exit poll of their own. They could do graphs. Bob's your uncle. Get them involved. Although Kevin suggests, and it sounds like a flippant comment, but actually it's not bad. 
Go on. Why don't they keep the schools open and use pubs as polling stations? Some do. Do they? Yes. Do they really? Apparently so. Talk to Scoinsy in about mm, 50 minutes time. Do I have to talk to Scoinsy, Mummy? I'm afraid you do. Oh, no! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, it's still busy southbound around Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. And also on the A5 approach to the M1, it's looking busy from Luton Road. On the M25, anti-clockwise, it's busy between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. And then Denham heading away from London on the A40 Western Avenue, it's looking really heavy uh, from the Denham roundabout towards the M25. On the train departure boards, there are no reports of any major delays, but if you're using the underground on the Metropolitan Line, there are severe delays from Harrow on the Hill to Watford in both directions because of a signal failure earlier on at Northwood. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Kelly Betts, the fastest fingers in the West. 7.16, it's Wednesday the 6th of May. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A sex attack victim has criticised the private healthcare treatment given to her attacker in Milton Keynes. A Bedfordshire head teacher says his pupils will suffer because their school is being used as a polling station and will close tomorrow. And a car driver has been airlifted to hospital after a collision on the A1 in Hertfordshire yesterday evening, which closed the road for several hours. Sees three counties radio. Every weekday from three, local stories. People in Watford are being urged to celebrate their local heroes by creating a postcard in their honour. In other local news, rugby fans are being warned to watch out for fake World Cup tickets. Roberto Peroni. Now, a metal detectorist has discovered a archaeological find in a field near Royston in Hertfordshire. Taxi drivers in Luton are demanding to be allowed to drive in bus lanes at all times. There is to be a new station at the Leighton Buzzard Narrow Gauge Railway. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC. Three Counties Radio. Catherine uh, has a news flash, Catherine. Gary and Luton has a news flash on the text. Thanks for this, Gary. Ian, Dukes of Hazard's stupid sheriff's name was Roscoe P. Coltrane. Roscoe P. Coltrane, that was it. Who was Cletus? Cletus was in maybe in like a Smoking the Bandit film then. I'm imagining a big fella. Um, or just, a skinny Just one. like a, a dumb cowboy, I think. There was a lot of dumb cowboys in the 70s. Redneck. Rednecks. That was, um, that was the uh, phenomenon. 08459 455 555. Now... Just under 200 schools in the three counties are being taken over by local authorities to host polling stations. There's an election tomorrow, did you know? Uh, And of those 200, a quarter are being forced to close. Schools can't refuse to be a polling station, even academies or free schools, but they do make the decision whether to close. However, critics say it can be disruptive on children's education and leave parents having to find additional childcare. Your thoughts on this, please? Maybe uh, your your kid's school is closing tomorrow and... Uh, you're kind of in a little bit of trouble as to what to do. You've had to take the day off work. 08459 455 555. Well, Kate Smirthwaite is a columnist for the National Union of Teachers magazine, The Teacher. Morning, Kate. Morning, Kieran. Uh, well, what are your thoughts on this, that, that some schools closing? Is it disruptive or is it all part of a, a great learning experience? Well, I think it would be lovely if it could always be part of a great learning experience. But I think, unfortunately, it's a great learning experience if the school is, is big enough and has the capacity to have a little side, you know, to, to, to cordon off the other bit of the hall or, or something or another and the kids can see people coming in and polling and this kind of stuff. But I think if kids have to stay home, um, you know, because there just isn't the room and it's just too much 
and whatever, then I think that's just disruptive. I think there's lots of other options for polling stations, aren't there? People can use, you know, church halls or other civic buildings. There's all sorts of other options out there. And, you know, if the worst comes to the worst, I don't see why they can't, you know, get a sort of mobile, uh, you know, one of these sort of caravan mobile office type oh, things yeah, and well, use that instead. I hadn't thought of that. They could, they could just get, get a porter cabin up in, you know, in, in a yeah. car park in the town. Why do they keep using schools? Why, is, is it just tradition? What, what, what Do we know where it comes from? Well, yeah, exactly. It's just that we've always done it that way. And and I think what's happening over time is you're seeing, you know, for example, these days a lot of schools have had to sell off their top field or, you know, their out, some of their outdoor areas or their sort of lesser used buildings end up getting sold off because everyone's a little bit squeezed at the moment. And um, if there is a bit less room, um, suddenly that means that they can't do the polling station thing and keep the school running at full capacity. And I think when that's the case, I think that they've every right to turn around and say, you know, what you know we've already got an extra day off for the royal wedding and we've had this and we've had that and we've got you know increasing targets and we've got all these kind of things that uh, you know new sort of burdens upon schools to achieve this and do this you know what we haven't got a spare day and we haven't got the capacity to keep doing everything at once could you please take it elsewhere um so i think it's a shame that the schools haven't got the right to say that okay you, you, listen uh, let me play devil's advocate you know that some of my angrier listeners will go hang on a second teachers say they haven't got a spare day what about about all them strikes what they're doing <laughs> well I mean you know that's a completely different issue I mean you can we can talk about um, you know teachers going on strike I mean I do write for the uh, for the NUT magazine but I'm not a teacher myself so I'm not I don't have like a sort of official view on who should be on strike and who shouldn't um, but I but you know but going on strike is like a you know a right that you have in society um, you know how how the authorities respond to you going on strike is up to them but you do have the right to go on strike if you're unhappy about something um, and that's and that's quite a different issue because I mean a lot of teachers Teachers don't do it. So, you know, some do, some don't. Some schools are affected, some aren't. Yeah. Um, is there any way different from being closed down? You know, w- without any choice about it. Someone, um, uh, I don't know if it was on Twitter or something, uh, suggested, well, why don't well, the teachers knew that this day was coming? Why didn't they combine it with a training day? Would that not be an option? So the day isn't completely wasted in terms of of uh, the education of the staff. Oh, well, I'm sure that some schools do do that. I'm sure that makes complete sense, and there are definitely circumstances in which um, people would do it. And I think even if even if they haven't done that officially, I think there's a very good chance that you'll find that teachers whose schools are closed are going to have spent the day doing marking or, you know, use, and I'm sure schools will also be doing things like using the opportunity to get some building work done or using the opportunity to get other things done. Um, and if they're fortunate that there's stuff like that that needs doing, um, then great. Mm. But the reality is that what really needs doing at schools is the kids need getting in and, you know, and, and need, they need teaching. You know, and I think also... Oh, you're so old-fashioned. Well, we sort of forget that also it's a huge hassle for parents, isn't it? You That's know, the they've thing, They've already yeah. got the whole system set up and suddenly they need a day off work, they need a, you know, a, a babysitter or a child carer, they need somebody to pick the kids up and this kind of stuff. I think that, you know, it, it can be very dis- disruptive. Sometimes it's unavoidable when the weather is so bad or the school's been flooded, there are circumstances in which we don't have the freedom to go, you know what, let's let's not do it. And I think on this occasion we do have that choice. There are loads of other options. You know, the sort of, yeah, the, the porter cabin in the, in, the, in the car park, the use the town hall instead, the church hall, there's all kinds well, of Well, someone options. suggested the pub. That's not a bad idea, is it? 
Well, I guess I guess the problem with the pub is that is that some people don't want to go into pubs, um, you know, if they if they feel very strongly about drinking or whatever. If they, I guess there's an issue. I guess there's an issue because I've certainly never heard of it. And I guess what about those people who don't want to go to pubs? It either for sort of religious reasons or they've given up alcohol and they've sworn they'll never go again. I yeah. Guess. What one day off school though, Kate? One day off for what is you know, which most uh, it, 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 skills teachers will be making this whole week. You know, a, a, a fantastic educational experience in democracy, in voting, in rights, in uh, um, in all of the th- you know, in, in 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 everything that we can learn about from this. One day off isn't really going to affect their education, is it? Well, this is the thing. I mean, of course, you're right. One day, it's nothing, you know. And, and you're also right that, you know, that teachers will be talking to kids about this. And kids will be bringing stuff in and it, it'll be a big issue. Though they can't, they can't really keep talking about it and bringing stuff in if the kids aren't there. Uh, that's going to limit their ability to teach them about democracy because they won't be there. But um, I agree, it's just one day. But mm. I think the trouble is that these days there are so many days um, that are like this. So they get this accumulation. Yeah. Like, how do they offer this and they offer that? And, you know, of course, maybe there are schools who are going, you know, well, actually, this is fine. We needed to close for a day, blah, blah, blah. But there are also schools who've already had to close for a week this year because they've had a building uh, that's been damaged by bad weather and they've had to close for health and safety for a week. And now they're really behind and they've got loads to catch up with and they know that some of the kids have got exams. You know, I kind of think if the kids are all seven, well, maybe people are going, you know what, a day off. But some of the kids yeah. are, are 16 and they've got exams coming up in only a month or two and they really need, you know, to get them in schools and to have the chance to teach them. So I, I don't think it's about saying we should never use a school as a polling station, but I think it would be great if schools had the choice to go, do you know what, we're really sorry, but, but this time around, it just doesn't work for us. Can you please go somewhere else? Kate, it's nice to talk to you. I, I listen to you occasionally on the other radio station on a Friday night. So, uh, oh, good. <laughs> so thanks very much for coming on. Nice to My pleasure, thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Kurt's Kate Smurthway, columnist for the National Union of Teachers magazine, The Teacher. Hey, how'd you get a gig writing for that and not being a teacher? I'll write a column for that. You have to hang out with teachers a lot. Uh, (laughs) Chris is in Hitchin. Morning, Chris. Morning, Ian. What you got, fella? Oh, what do you think about churches? They're underused buildings. Um, You know, they could be used, uh, you know, opened up on a, you know, my polling day for a vote. Go on under the under the eye of God and so on. I know there might be an issue with other faiths might not want to go into a church. But, well, what um, about mosques? Let's get let's turn the mosques into absolutely. polling stations. Get yeah. the, the, the old-fashioned pointy arrow pointing the, the the finger pointing there. Let's go there. Yeah, the, the, I mean it is it is weird. When this story was kind, of, I saw that we were doing this story. I kind of was scratching my head. But there are so many other options, aren't there? As Kate said, just get a porter cabin and and uh, put it in the the town centre. Yeah, but there's infrastructure issues with that. Get electricity to it and everything with the church. Yeah. Kath's had a brainwave. I've literally seen a light bulb pop up over her head. Supermarket. Supermarket. Oh. Whack it in the supermarket. Well... Everyone can get to those. Hey, Sainsbury's could do with that. You see, <laughs> you've seen Sainsbury's figures, Chris? Uh, no, I haven't. They've I lost, got, se- they've lost 72 doing? million quid. 72... Sainsbury's have lost 72 million quid. They must be livid. Well, we're obviously not eating anymore or buying any food. Where's all the where's all the money going? Then? Well, you know where it's going. Everyone's going lower end supermarket. Well, you say that we uh, we we seem to be going higher end. I noticed as, as I pulled up to my house the other day, an Ocado delivery was pulling away. Flip it. So you say Waitrose? No, well, well, they are. Well, Ocado is Waitrose, isn't it? No, well, is not it? quite. Oh, is it not? Oh, blimey. Well, I think we've been done there. Someone knows the difference. Yeah. I don't, but I've got a local Waitrose Chris, and they deliver in their own van. Do you know the difference then? I'm sorry, say again, Ian. What's the difference between Ocado and Waitrose? I've no idea. Oh, thanks very much for calling. 08459 455 555. Sainsbury's reports full year loss 
How can you lose 72 million quid? Their first annual profits fall in a decade. How can you lose 72 million quid? They're all going to close, isn't it? They're nah, all going to close. They'll sort it out. They're always all right. They'll, they should get together and make what would you call a super um, supermarket? Tesbury's uh, no, D. Tesbury's. Is Safeway still going? Safeway's still going? No, yeah. I think we lost Safeways. Anyway. Um, mm. Any Texas? Yeah, loads. Go on. Uh, in the late 60s, my junior school closed for polling, says Linda. Um, I volunteered to be a runner, and we delivered the ballots to a house in the village. It was good fun. If the teachers take training days, then, of course, it's not supposed to be disruptive. All these polls coming over here on Thursday. I'm surprised that one of the parties hasn't leaped on that. Well, all these polls coming over here on Thursday, causing our schools to close down. This other thing is um, lots of people talking about Roscoe P. Coltrane, yeah. we know. Uh, and we also had some... He had a catchphrase. What was his catchphrase? Was it... G -g 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 was that him or was that... But I wasn't allowed to watch the Dukes of Hazard. Wasn't allowed to watch the Dukes of Hazard or um, um, Game for a Laugh. The only bit I've seen for Game for a Laugh is them sat on their stalls. What a weird mix of people. Jeremy Beadle, Matthew Kelly, Sarah Kennedy and uh, Henry Kelly. Yes. Two Kellys, not related. And they were sat on stalls and it's them going, join us next week for us watching you, watching us, watching you, watching us. What does that even mean? That's just insane. That's the only bit of Game for a Laugh I've ever seen. I used to watch uh, Jukes of Hazard religiously, but I don't. I only remember the bit where they used to go through the window. The Never only the bit. Doors. Do you know the only time I've seen Jukes of Hazard is when it wasn't the Duke Duke Boys. There was a series when it was their cousins because the oh. Duke Boys left, and so they, their cousins came and took their place, and it was rubbish. That's the only time I saw it. Oh, uh, here's a cunning plan as well. Yeah? Why don't the schools do school trips? It's not like the date is a surprise, this offers. There you go, you see. Why don't the, the schools do school trips? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are queues on the M1 towards London southbound because of an accident that happened at Junction 9 from Redbourne. It is being cleared away, but it's still causing queues back from Junction 10 for Luton Airport and from Junction 7 for Hamel Hempstead as well. In Stevenage on the A1M southbound, it's looking slow around Junction 7 for the A602, and it's busy on the M25 anti-clockwise past the A10 between Junction 26 Waltham Abbey and 24 for Potter's Bar. In Watford, it's busy, looking busy on Exchange Road around Beach and Grove, and on the train departure boards, there's no reports any major delays but there are severe delays on the Metropolitan Line between Watford and Harrow on the Hill because of a signal failure Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio Sammy thank you I've just realised we've, 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 we've not sent Justin out on anything he's probably upstairs dossing around thinking I've got one over on those suckers Dealey we will come up get, get Dealey on after the news we need to come up with something he's not getting away with it again 08459 455555 is the telephone number. 81333. Start your text 3CR and we'll talk after the news with Simon Oxley. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, a sex attack victim says it's unfair that her attacker has been given private healthcare treatment in Milton Keynes while she has to go on the NHS waiting list for her injuries. The party leaders will make their final arguments on the last day of campaigning ahead of tomorrow's general election. Meanwhile, the head teacher of a school in Dunstable says his pupils will suffer because his school has to close tomorrow. Just under 200 schools in the three counties are being used as polling stations. Around 50 are having to close. A car drive 
driver has been airlifted to hospital after a collision on the A1 in Hertfordshire yesterday evening, which closed the road for several hours. And Sainsbury's has announced its first drop in profits in a decade, down nearly 15% for the year to March. The supermarket recorded a loss of £72 million. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford say they will cap season ticket sales at around 13,500 for the Premier League to make sure enough tickets are available on a game-by-game basis. Season tickets go back on sale on Friday. They will be available to fans with ticket-buying history over the last three years. Nearly 11,500 were renewed before the end of the season. Juventus beat holders Real Madrid 2-1 in the first leg of their Champions League semi-final. Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 54th goal of the season for Real, but it was a Carlos Tevez penalty that gave Juventus the advantage going into the return leg in Spain next week. BBC pundit Phil Neville was impressed by Tevez. I thought he set the tone for Juventus, particularly in that first opening 25 minutes when he he just did not allow Varane, Pepe, Ramos in midfield. He kept taking the ball off Ramos and, and his energy. That's that's the Carlos Tevez that we saw at Man United in his early days at Man City. He was absolutely wonderful. Tonight, Barcelona host Bayern Munich. The Luton Town chairman has told BBC Three Counties that injuries were the main reason the Hatters didn't gain promotion this season. Nick Owen says they were hit harder than most. Every club has its injuries. But this season, we'd lost the spine of the team. You could probably put down 11 players now who would be in many cases one of the first names on the team sheet and they've been out for long periods this season including the goalkeeper including the center half and captain and two people in the usa have filed a lawsuit against the boxer manny pacquiao alleging that he defrauded ticket buyers television viewers and gamblers by failing to disclose a shoulder injury ahead of his fight against floyd mayweather at the weekend bbc three counties news and sports the next full bulletin is at eight Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Justin, you thought you could get away with it today. No, not not me, boss. You thought you're you're out there having a cheeky growler, probably chomping on the clown. Mm. No, no, not at all. (laughs) I'm uh, parked up in Callington and I am ready to talk to the locals. Well, there's, there's, there's not a lot. Okay, the paper. I, I cannot wait for this general election to be over because yeah. the papers really are. They're, they're very intermittent with uh, their news. Yep. Uh, I've got. I've. I've, uh, I've <laughs> there's. There's. There were three. One I'm not going to do because it's rude. Mm-hmm. Um, That's I, unlike you. Yeah, I know. You okay? Yeah. Again, it was about that bloke that had um, loads of drugs up his bum. So. <laughs> so okay. I've got. I've got it down to two. Okay. I've got it down to two, and I'm going to let you pick the first one. And this guy was in the paper at the week. You know this fight that took place at the weekend? Yes. Big boxing match between... Um, uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao. Turns out Pacquiao may have had a dodgy dodgy shoulder. Yeah, I just heard that um, in the news with Simon. If that is the case... Um, we'll have our money back, please. Well, in saying that, if you were him, though, what would you do? Well, I'd, I'd, well hang on a minute. There are people paying £250,000 to go and watch the fight. You can't fight if you've got a bad uh, shoulder. He may still think, you know what, I've got a bad oh, shoulder, but I can no. still win. No, he didn't, mate. He thought, I'm getting paid what, $25 million for this fight? I'm yep. not cancelling that cheque. But he also gives a lot of his money to charity. Who cares? Well. Who cares? He keeps a lot, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he it's does, a tax yeah. write-off. <laughs> okay. It's the only reason rich people give to charity. It's a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, undisputed world champion blagger 
Have you seen the pictures of this? Cheeky Brit talks his way backstage at the big fight. Oh, this is the Essex boy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, A brazen blagger mixed backstage with Hollywood stars at the Mayweather fight and the champion came to his rescue when he was rumbled. Steve Carruthers... Carruthers. Nice. Is that actually called Carruthers? 24, from Hull joined Leonardo DiCaprio's entourage so he could mi- uh, mix with A-listers. And there's loads of pictures. There's him with Mark Wahlberg, Beyonce, Michael J. Fox, Christian Bale, uh, the two boxers. Um, uh, uh, cheeky Steve tried to watch the bout uh, from a £650,000 ringside seat. After the fight, Steve managed to slip past security guards to wait outside uh, the dressing rooms. Um, and the boxer stuck up for him and told bouncers, he's with me. Unbelievable story. Proper chancer. Proper chancer. Yes. So what have you blagged? Yes. The other one. Now this, I don't believe this is true. Grab a guitar, learn Spanish, how to stay young as you grow older. Well, Catherine, you do both of these things yeah. and look at you. Just look at me, behold. You look like Benjamin Button when he was born. Oh. <laughs> That is quite possibly the harshest comment I've ever heard. But you know what? That is clever, and I like it. But is it true, Justin? No, it's not true. But it's a it's a cracking insult. That? It's a cracking insult. Wow. It's a what insult? Cracking insult. Thank you, Kelly. Your thoughts? On what? Staying sharp as you grow older could be as st- simple as strumming on a guitar for the first time or chatting in German. Yeah. No. A website dedicated... That's not German. A website dedicated to helping Britons stay well in old age, myagingparent.com, has released the top ten tips for keeping the brain active. The number one... Oh, for crying... The number one tip is to challenge ourselves by learning a new skill, language or musical instrument as this stimulates the brain cells. You're learning the guitar. I, th- I think it does. When when are you coming in to play us uh, a song, Jose Feliciano? It's my own private uh, hobby at the moment. I'm keeping it that way. Strumming away in your bedroom? Yeah, not good enough. For, I was talking to uh, just, but never mind. <laughs> not good enough for public consumption yet. We are. I will perfect it. I'll get it down. We are also advised to try a new exercise routine, be it energetic Zumba or gentle yoga. Using our weaker hand to write, draw or even stir our tea is an easy way of making the brain work. What do you do to stay young, Just? I listen to uh, music from the 1960s. (laughs) (laughs) You're making yourself old, aren't you? Uh, I don't know. I don't really... Look, I don't feel old. I don't feel old. No. I don't think there's anything you can do to, to make yourself feel younger. It's all in your mind, isn't it? I think fashion's a big thing with you. You like to keep abreast of the new trends. Literally you abreast. Yeah. We get to see your abreasts every <laughs> single day. Man, I'm dreading it. the warm weather. Because <laughs> we'll be seeing abreasts and um, a belly button. Listen, summer is not summer without the J-Dog rug. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, that, I don't know. That's an actual rug he takes to uh, fields, ladies, and uh, as a picnic, and uh, you'll be the picnic. Just, <laughs> what have you blagged, or how do you, how do you stay young? What would you prefer out of those I two? I can hear you doing how do you stay young very well. Yeah, I think yeah. you know the kind of people I want you to go and talk to. Yeah, I think so, yes. Justin, speak to you later on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, mate. Ta-ta. Oh, Justin? Yes. Where, so just tell where are you if people want to come and find you? I'm in Caddington, quite possibly my favourite Caddington? Village. Caddington. Caddington. You said Caddington? Caddington. You're Caddington f- in okay. Bedfordshire. Okay. Uh, I'm here outside the shops. Uh, come and see me and tell me what you do to stay young. Justin, speak to you later on. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Uh, is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. That beach body, um, beach blanket bingo. No, hang on, that's a song by Annette Funicello. The um, the beach body poster is in the papers again. I didn't see the problem with the poster. 
I saw a problem with the product, possibly, but not the post. You know the Beach Body Ready, and it's a hot woman. Well, say hot. She's too skinny for me, but... And it's had uh, 373 official complaints. 70,000 people have signed the online petition. And then uh, there's all these posters that have popped up the last couple of weeks. And um, Aussies suck. Have you seen the Aussies suck poster? No, I missed that one. It's for like a breakfast drink or something. I don't know. All I know is there's one where it is a really beautiful Australian woman in um, like a wetsuit and bikini bottoms sucking on a straw. Right. right? But there's also, um, the, 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 there are more of them where it's like skinny but hunky Australian men. No complaints, no online petitions, nothing. I don't really get why they did the Beach Body Ready one, to be honest. Well, no, I don't. I don't get the. She's not as thin as some of the models I've seen. No, I don't get what I don't get the complaints at all. And the son is saying, uh, "While this, while is this, why is this offensive? While this ad isn't." I have to be honest, the first time I saw the Aussie Sucks poster, my heart sank and I felt an immediate urge to pull my stomach in. You do what? look at it and you go, flipping heck, those blokes are buff. I ain't never going to look like that. Yeah, but that bloke doesn't look like that, probably. They, they, um... Well, but that's the, whole, yeah, that's the whole thing, though. Whether it's airbrushed or not is, is kind of irrelevant because that woman's probably airbrushed as well. Yeah. But that uh, shame probably had more to do with the fact that I was openly scoffing a KFC bucket on my own. Um, it's just that, that kind of hypocrisy that the the, the, the the women's one is being... Is it hypocrisy, though? Yeah. Well, I don't know whether it is. I think that yeah. we've, become, we've become used to seeing women presented in that way for such a long time. But then why the, the complaints? Women are kicking out about it. Now they're using it as a, as a novel thing to put men that way. And maybe in 20 years' time they'll be complaining about not, men too. No, but men have been, have been portrayed that way for years. It's not, it's not just this year. Not, not so much. Uh, I was I, well. I, maybe you don't notice it. I've noticed it the last ten years, definitely. Well, maybe, but it was a kind of kickback, wasn't it? Since the Nick Cayman taking his pants off in the uh, laundrette thing. Nick Cayman. Do you remember that? He had a record. What was his record? He I had don't a know, record. It was rubbish. Out. It was awful. It was awful. You, was... Steve, what was Nick Cayman's record? What? <laughs> what was Nick Cayman's record? I don't know. I ain't got a clue, mate. Okay. Do you remember him? He took his jeans off in the laundrette. No, I wasn't really watching him actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, it was, you couldn't have missed it, mate. It was in the 80s. It was on the telly. I don't know. I don't know the record. OK, well, that's, that's great, Steve. What have you called in for, mate? Well, I was just thinking, if, if the educated people that are at the top can't run the country, surely the working class should have a go. Uh, they did. Did they? Yeah, John Major. <laughs> Who? John Major. He was Prime Minister for, uh, what, six years, I think? He, he, he was working class, wasn't he? Was he? I don't think so. Yeah, mate, he came, he came uh, from a council it's, it's, estate in Brixton. Cut, 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 the, cut the baloney, you know what I'm saying. No, yeah. Steve, there's no baloney. You've said when are the working class people going to have a go. Well, John Major did it. He was working class. Yeah, we get Mr Branson or the business people that are running successful companies because these educated people don't know what it's like to be, you know, live week by week and wondering when the next penny and pound's coming from. You know, while they sit at the top, you know, using us as a cash point machine to fund their lovely lives of, and then a lovely pension at the end of it. So I've had enough, really, so... Well, why don't you become Prime Minister then, Steve? Well, I would do, but, I mean, I'd probably end up... I don't, I'd end up fucking the Civil War, cos, you know... You'd end up what? I'd end up creating a civil war. <laughs> what, should you be chucking all the, the black people out? I'm going to Yeah, OK, well, great. Them, yeah. Great call, Steve. Cheers. You hang in there, fella. Steve against the world. Steve against the world. But John Major was um, was common. Yeah, weren't his family circus before? There, they were all. His, his, yeah, yeah, they were all circus. He grew up in a council estate in um, the, the Brixton, didn't they? I think. 
I think. So they had a go. And, he did know. pass for posh, though. We haven't had any proper comment. Yeah, I'm John Major. Ever. I miss John Major. Well, John Major's out and about talking about stuff at the moment, isn't he? Yes. Sort of like that. Yeah, that one, Kells? Yeah. I'm John Major. I want to make love to you, Edwina. Oh. Not you, Kelly. Sorry, I'm making love to Edwina oh. Curry. Going to, uh, um, we're going to make love to each other in a really dirty way. Why does everyone turn me down for Edwina Curry all the time? Uh, that's because, uh, well, you, you can, uh, I'll, I'll text you uh, what happened. We made love in a very erotic way. Well, enjoy your breakfast if you're chowing down right Hi, now. Hi, my name's John Major and I'm making love in an erotic way. God. But I'm keeping my pants on, it saves time afterwards. <laughs> um, sorry? I'm getting imagery. I can do uh, pretty much uh, all of the voices. <laughs> pretty much all of the voices is uh, is what I can do. Have we got any Texans? Yeah. Come on. Let's go to those quickly. Let's go to the Texans. Andrew says, I've been doing 30 to 40 press-ups every morning for years. Always try to use the stairs instead of lifts in car parts, etc. Eat sensibly. I'm 63 tomorrow and I still have a... Th I think he means waist. 32-inch waist. All it takes is discipline and a bit of effort. Hey, Ian's angry about teachers. I'm fed up of hearing teachers moan. Six weeks in the summer, three weeks at Christmas, two weeks at Easter, two weeks for half terms. Lazy socialist morons. Oh, wow. Wow. Ian, limey, eh? Lazy socialist morons. And Ken asks a good question, right? Why is it always on a Thursday? Why is the Thursday? Kels has been thinking that. I can tell from the nod. Why? Well, maybe she knows the answer. Kels, why is it always on a Thursday we do the election? Just Kels. I know who we are, Scoynes. Oh, have I got to talk to Scoynes? I've got to talk to him in about five minutes, I yeah. don't want to talk to Scoynes. Is he on that rubbish machine that make, creates a delay and that means he can't hear me? He's hoping. Or is he on a telephone? Do you want him on the landline instead? Um, I mean, I can sort it all out. Yeah, like, can, can we have him so that he can hear us and we can have a conversation? That, that's all I ask. Mm. That's all I ask, dear listener. It's not a lot, is it? 08459 555 Well, Why is it on a Thursday? I don't know. There must be a reason. It's probably to do with farming. All of these things, like school terms, is to do with farming, isn't it? It's to do with farm and, and, and the, the clock's going backwards and forwards. It's always to do with farming. So I'm going to say sheep, innit? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound, it's slow because the lorry said it's slowed at Junction 7 for Stevenage. On the M1 towards London, there are queues from Junction 9 for Junction 10 for Luton Airport towards Junction 9 for Redbourne because of an accident that's happened there. And on the M40, away from uh, from the Sweetclays roundabout towards the M25, away from London, uh, is looking really busy there. On the A1 Watford Way at Mill Hill, it's very slow from the Apex Corner towards the Broadway at Mill Hill Circus. And it's busy in Chisel Green on the North Orbital Road at the Shell roundabouts. On the train there's no major delays showing up on the departure boards. On the London Underground, though, the Metropolitan Line has minor delays now between Watford and Harrow on the Hill. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 7.45, Wednesday, the 6th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A sex attack victim has criticised the private healthcare treatment given to her attacker in Milton Keynes. A Bedfordshire head teacher says his pupils will suffer because their school is being used as a polling station and will close tomorrow. And Sainsbury's has announced its first drop in profits in a decade with a loss of £72 million. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Another windy, blustery day across all three counties. Some heavy showers blowing through at the moment, just working their way west, although most of them have cleared parts of Buckinghamshire. We've still got them in parts of uh, East Hertfordshire at the moment, up towards parts of Bedfordshire. But they're going to come thick and fast, really, today. We'll get some sunny spells between them, though. That's the advantage of this strong southwesterly breeze. The showers are being pushed through fairly swiftly. The maximum temperature up to 15 Celsius. Now, overnight, gradually, the wind is going to start to fall a little lighter. It's a calmer night and a clearer night. Still some showers feeding in from the northwest, but they're going to clear away as well. And the temperature's dropping down to 5 Celsius. A much calmer day for Thursday. Of course, it's polling day tomorrow. It looks like it's going to stay predominantly dry. There's a chance of an isolated shower, but nothing like today's showers. We're going to have some sunny spells and the wind a lot lighter. The maximum temperature for Thursday, 15 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Thank you, Kate. The general election on the BBC. On Thursday night, we're bringing you the general election like never before. From 10, we'll be across all the counts in beds, hearts and bucks. Voting's over here in Wellington. We'll be going through the night to make sure you hear what's happening where you live first, right here. Election 2015, Thursday night from 10 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. He does a good serious voice. That's why they don't get me to do those things. I can't do the serious voices. Uh, Roberto does a good serious voice. Let's be honest, so does Paul Scoynes. Hello. Let's hear your serious voice. Hello. Your serious one? Um... Not your sexy one, your serious one. Hello. There we go. Uh, now, why do we vote on a Thursday, Paul? Uh, it used to be the traditional day for market day. Oh. So the feeling was that it would be most, uh, most people caught up in the election. So it is connected with farms? Uh, it, well, in a way, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. It's every, honestly, everything, everything is, we yeah. do in this country is traceable back yeah. to blooming farmers. Clocks. Sorry? Clocks. Clocks aren't traceable back to farmers, mate. That's traceable back to the Swiss. Well, yeah, clocks going one way or the other. Oh, though. the changing, yeah, the changing yeah, yeah, of the clocks, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, school terms. Yes, true. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, food production. Food production, foot and mouth. Yeah. Um, and also, um, the shoe sizes, aren't they to do with um, uh, farms? Uh, I they are, aren't they, Catherine? Ears of wheat. Ears of wheat. Oh, OK, yes, no, what, what like, numbers of corn? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you see, numbers of corn. Yeah, good. You see, you see. What's that, Paul? It's been great to talk to you. Oh, we'll thanks, do, thanks same so time, much. five years. Yeah. No, but but seriously, guys. Oh. But uh, and and thank you for using traditional technology. The other one was, you know. Yeah. People living in Milton Keynes are not just voting for who they want their MP to be. Oh yeah, of course they've got the referendum, haven't they? It's being held. Well, what what is this referendum, Paul? And uh, d- d- does anybody know about it? Well, I don't, I don't know really if many people know about it. I've seen a few signs up around town, yeah. um, but I don't think the general feeling is that many people really fully understand what it is. What, is. what is it about? What are they deciding in this referendum? Well, everyone gets a chance to vote tomorrow on this referendum if you live in Milton Keynes, and it's really about the future of what the town centre looks like. So, you know, you drive around the centre of Milton Keynes, obviously you've got the old buildings like the Point and the Food Centre, which have perhaps seen better days. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Tear the point down. Yes, the point is going to come down at some point. But Good. what's going to go in its place? And what happens to the people who also live in the city centre? There's about 3,000 of them who, you know, don't have a doctor's surgery. They don't have perhaps some parkland to play in and all that kind of stuff. And, and what this referendum is, is yep. I suppose, a bit of a blueprint for what happens over the next uh, 50 years in Milton Keynes. Milton, Milton Keynes approaching its 50th birthday in just a couple of years' time. And these... Uh, oh, happy birthday, Milton Keynes. You're not a city. Maybe as a birthday present, Ian. You don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy it citizenship. Bestow some citizenship on it. Yeah. So I mean, this this referendum, first of its kind, because it's supported by business and ref, uh, the residential uh, sort of people as well. So do we know what the options are then? What what what, will it, what if I go into a yeah. booth in Milton Keynes and I see this? I've decided I'm going to vote for me MP. What will I see on this bit of paper about the referendum? You'll see a very simple question saying, "Would you like to support the uh, business?" and residential referendum for the centre of Milton Keynes, yes or no. Oh. And that's as much information as they're allowed to put on the ba- on the ballot paper. So hang on, what, so what, I don't understand what I'm... Am I voting then to have a referendum or am I voting in support of a, um, a statement that's already been put forward? This is a vote in support or against what what is called the Neighbourhood Plan. Now, okay. this, this coalition put forward this new planning uh, uh, system where local people could have a more sort of say in their local communities and neighbourhood plans have been popping up all over the place. We've had quite a few in our patch already. Yeah. And this is the biggest one. Uh, this covers the largest area. It's, uh, it's 120 acres or so, but it's also lots of businesses are involved in this, and they have a say in what happens because obviously they want to make sure that uh, this uh, town grows as fast as as, as it can, and, and you know it's in their interest. But it would have involved people knowing what that statement means yeah. to, as to whether they can vote being fully informed. The information will not be in that booth. No, nothing will be in wow. the booth. Yeah, so they've really been up against it. The, 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 the organisers of this uh, plan say that the council haven't done enough to uh, publicise it. They say that uh, they've had to go out and you know tour the shops and and stand outside the football stadium and hand out leaflets and so on. And even the the chairman of the newly promoted MK Dons has been banging on about how good it would be for the town. But um, it, it does uh, lack a sort of certain momentum, if you like. But that could work in their favour, couldn't it? Perhaps. Because the give, give me the question again. Uh, I haven't seen the exact paper, but it will be something along the lines of there is a business neighbourhood plan in Milton Keynes. Do you support it? And it will be a straight yes or no. Because it's a a a business and neighbourhood plan. It sounds like a great thing. (laughs) No, but it does. There's a business and neighbourhood plan. Well, that sounds like a great thing. It it, it sounds like a positive thing. I mean, I don't know what the details are at all. No. But that's... So people's lack of knowledge may work in in favour of of them getting a yes vote. Well, it might do, but what the um, campaigners have told me is that their concern is that not enough people are aware of this, and because of the you know the terming of it, saying you know it's a neighbourhood plan, as well, people think it might be a council thing and automatically ah. vote against. Oh, uh, okay, all right. Um, so that's their concern that they they, they, they 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 people haven't gone out and researched it. They've got a website. If you vote, if you kind of look at the the, I think if, uh, you know the, I think they're calling it the yes CM. But you know, it go, you can go and Google it. But mm, thanks. You know, it, <laughs> Great reporting there from Paul Scoggins. Go and Google it. No, What's this story about a murder? I'll just go and Google it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you know, I, I can't speak up for whether it's good or not, but that's no, just no, where no. the information is. It's not our only referendum, of course, tomorrow, Ian. We've got plenty Referenda, of well done. Referenda. Hang on a second. He used the plural of referendum <laughs> correctly. Well done, Paul. 
Uh, and, and uh, you know, the people of Bedfordshire are in a similar boat. They're voting on a different sort of referendum, but for the, the, theirs is to put council tax up. And, of course... For the police, yes. Spoken, yes, a lot about whether or not that's a, a, something that people are going to go for. And, of course, they face their own problems about whether or not people know enough about it or will vote for it. Uh, Paul, uh, I've, got, I've got to ask you, uh, as is my want, who should... If people listen to this show now, who should they vote for? Uh, I've said before, Ian, and I stand by this, uh, the good guys. I don't think the good guys are in this one, Paul. Oh, God. Uh, and who will you be voting for? <laughs> <laughs> All of the bosses of buttocks are clenching tightly, hoping this conversation doesn't go the way I've initiated it. <laughs> uh, you must be um, just... Um, uh, how can I phrase this that isn't in any way vulgar? Um, you must be really excited about this election tomorrow, yeah? Yeah. Are you, yeah. are you, are you, are you, what's, what, are we on air tomorrow night or something? What's happening? Yeah. I didn't no, get the email. I did, oh. I didn't open it. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered to open it. Because I know tomorrow we're not allowed to mention it until, no. what, 10.30 at night, when the, 11, whenever the polling booths close? You can't mention it from, uh, half past midnight tonight. Yes. All the way through until 10. Is it, and it's funny, the rules are so funny. I'm oh. not even allowed to say go and vote or no. don't go, I'm not allowed to say anything. Don't say anything. Isn't it funny? I know, but if you do, you could get, you could break, you're breaking the law. I know. I know. People what have was... gone to prison for breaking the representation of the People's Act. There's some very interesting things about things you can't do in vote, in polling stations. I can think of one or two. Mm. Don't take a selfie. Can you not? No. Oh, for crying out loud. What's Kim Kardashian going to... Well, she wouldn't fit in there, and she's American, so those two things... That's specifically one for Justin. Yeah. You've got to be very careful about that, especially. Um, You you can't can't take a selfie? You can't take a selfie. Uh, I wouldn't take your pets in with you. Uh, you can what, take... Well, a, if you're a blind man. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, yeah. They're, they're more friends than pets, aren't they? <laughs> um, you can't wear political clothing. Uh, you can't wear a rosette. Oh, man, what about my Farage pants? Or, Have no, I got to take if, them off? If you're the... Yeah, no. Uh, well, you, you, you kip, I kip, we all kip. You can go in topless as a man, but not as a woman. I'm putting that one to the test. <laughs> You can't... What's the other thing? Uh, you can't talk about the candidates when you're in the booth. Well, who would you talk to? Well, if you went in with your, your, your you know, your friend. No, surely you're not... Voting. No, 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 surely oh, you're not allowed to go in the booth on your own. You have, you have to go on your own. Well, no, you can't... T- OK, you can't go into the polling station. You can go into the polling oh, station with a friend. Guys. As long as they're voting. Who... who uh, come on, guys. Are you allowed to do my favourite, favourite joke? Uh, where you, um, uh, you take a bottle of shampoo in there as you draw the curtain, you say, I'll be five minutes. <laughs> And then you come out wearing a shower cap. Are you allowed to do that? I don't know. Is that is that allowed? You can wear headwear. I've checked that. Okay. Well, I'm going to wear a shower cap into my uh, my voting uh, my voting booth. Um, well, we, yes, we're on air from ten all the way through. To and is that you? Yeah. And what what is it? Red Bull? Yeah. Um, uh, Pro Plus? Pro Plus. Something a little bit stronger, sir. It'll be like my GCSE exam. Has Roberto sorted you out? <laughs> yeah. Are you got, sorted? I've got some uh, expensive Italian chocolates. <laughs> and well, I. Yeah. Uh, well, we well, through all the way through to your program. In fact, we may also oh, wow. we, we may get some results during your show. Hey, fingers crossed, mate. I think Bedford might come in a bit late because, of course, in Bedford, as we spoke five. about last week, five greedy. They've got to verify all of those. So yeah. Well, Paul, I'm listen. Buzzing, as you can probably tell. Uh, well, you will be tonight. Listen, we don't we we, we don't often get you on the show, mate, uh, and I've missed you. We know you, you prefer Roberta, and that's absolutely fine. It works best wow. for both of us, but. That is- not statistically fact. accurate. Fa- it's fact. But w- now you're here, I'd love to play... What's the story you know the rules, don't you, Paul? Yeah. Remind me. 
uh, I've got to name a put a uh, song headline to a story. No, it's a regular feature, Paul, and it's called. Feature on the show, Paul. You it's know how to play, the, don't you? It's in the rabbit hole, though, isn't it? No, no, no. We do it various times of it's, the day. It's more or less always in the rabbit no, hole. No, no. We do it after seven sometimes. It's called. What's the story? I'm fairly sure that it is about putting a song title to a story. No, it's not at all, mate. I give you a headline. You tell me what the story is. Uh, okay. So don't even try and do that. Well, I was close. Why, why is it called What's the Story Morning Glory if that's... I mean, it's... That's well, I'll give you a headline. What's oh, the story? That's a story-related title. You could just call it What's My Line. That's, that's a... No, but that's, that's been copyrighted, mate. Well, okay. Trademarked. Oh, okay. Alt 0153. Right. Okay. Here's the headline. What's the story? <coughs> High Wire. High Wire. What's the story Um... Is it a story about uh, the creator of the American TV series The Wire um, going on a mountain trekking holiday? Oh, I really thought you were going to get it! So close, Catherine! Is it about the creator of The Wire? Um... Sniffing some wacky backy back. Yes, it is! Pretty much star of TV's The Wire, Seth Gilliam, has been arrested for drink driving and taking drugs. Oh. Great fun, Paul. Paul, you have a great election. I'm going to be dedicating my vote to you, Paul, although I won't be voting for you because um, I don't agree with any of your racist politics. Wow. Thanks, Paul! Thank you. Bye! Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound towards London, there are delays because of an accident at Junction 9 for Redbourne, which is causing queues from Junction 11 for Dunstable, and that's also causing it to be really slow on the A5 southbound, approaching the M1 from Luton Road at Mark Yates. In Watford, looking at the speed sensors on Beechton Grove, it's looking quite slow at Escort Road, and further afield in Chigwell on the M11 southbound, there are queues because the lane's been blocked by an accident. It's at Junction 5 for Loughton, which is causing queues from the M25. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Scorn. Scoins puts the um, Poe into pole. No. Scoins puts the um, shun into a. No, hang on. Let me, let me work on this. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, victims' anger over sex attackers' treatment in Milton Keynes. Bedfordshire Head criticises polling station school closures and Sainsbury's suffer first fall in profits for a decade. BBC Three Counties Radio. A sex attack victim says it's unfair that her attacker has been given private healthcare treatment in Milton Keynes while she has to go on the NHS waiting list for her injuries. Rowlands Bryce, a 27-year-old Latvian schizophrenic, was sent to Chadwick Lodge, a secure private psychiatric hospital in Milton Keynes, to receive mental health care. Meanwhile, the victim, who can't be named for legal reasons, says she has to fend for herself. I've had nobody approach me asking me if I need treatment. Um, the only treatment I will eventually be receiving, I've had to go and find myself. I've had to fight my own corner. And 
like like most people, I'm on an NHS waiting list for this. The party leaders will make their final arguments on the last day of campaigning ahead of tomorrow's general election. David Cameron and Nick Clegg will conclude their whistle-stop tours of the country, while Ed Miliband will be making his closing pitch in northern England. Meanwhile, the head teacher of a school in Dunstable says his pupils will suffer because the school has to close tomorrow. Ardley Hill Academy is being used as a polling station. More from Ben Nye. Jonathan Smith says it's very disruptive for pupils and parents. He believes the council should consider other options. Just under 200 schools in the three counties are being used as polling stations tomorrow and around 50 are having to close. Schools can't refuse to be used as a polling station, even academies or free schools, but they do make the decision whether to close. In Milton Keynes, the council tries to avoid using schools, which means they can stay open. A car driver has been airlifted to hospital after a collision on the A1 in Hertfordshire yesterday evening, which closed the road for several hours. It happened on the northbound carriageway just north of Boreham Wood just before 6.30 and involved a Fiat car and a transit van. Hearts police say the car driver suffered serious injuries and was taken to a London hospital. The van driver was not injured. Police investigating the attack on Watford fan Nick Cruis have released a CCTV image of a man they want to speak to. The 44-year-old from Hemel was attacked after Watford's match at Wolves in March. West Midlands police say Mr Cruis could be left with a lasting brain injury. Eleven teenage men and boys from the West Midlands have already been arrested and bailed. Sainsbury's has announced its first drop in profits in a decade, down nearly 15% for the year to March. The supermarket recorded a loss of £72 million. Sainsbury's chief executive is Mike Coop. I don't think anybody could have predicted what's happened in this industry over the last uh, year or so, and certainly it's the most challenging environment uh, that I've seen in my 30 years in the industry, but I, I relish the challenge. In sport, Watford say they will cap season ticket sales at around 13,500 for the Premier League to make sure enough tickets are available on a game-by-game -game basis. Season tickets go back on sale on Friday. Nearly 11,500 were renewed before the end of the season. The weather, blustery and heavy showers today with some longer spells of rain. Staying windy, a maximum temperature 14 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Morning! Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Suddenly it's three minutes past eight. Wagwan! Wagwan! Busy, busy show this morning. What do you do to stay young? Apparently you should learn a foreign language or learn to play the guitar. I sacrifice um, uh, goats and drink their blood at midnight. That's what I do. Oh, wait, 459 455 555 is the phone number. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Man alive, I can't wait for this election to be over because there's no stories in the papers. I mean, there's kind of... The, uh, what's brilliant now is, in terms of uh, the political stories, the front page of The Sun is genius, you know, w whether you agree with the politics or not. It's that picture of Ed Miliband eating a bacon sandwich. Boy, oh boy, I could fucking murder a bacon sandwich right now. With a tiny Nicola Sturgeon uh, over his shoulder, giving a thumbs up, looking like wee Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> and this is this is what they're resorting to now. And this is the paper that was slagging off Russell Brand, saying, why would anyone listen to Russell Brand? Why would anyone listen to this? This is the pig's ear Ed made of a helpless Sarni. 
In 48 hours, he could be doing the same to Britain. Save our bacon. Don't swallow his porkies and keep him out. I mean, it is a brilliant front page, whether you, you agree with the politics or not. It is a, a brilliant front page. But it's this is what they've come to now. You know, it's none of the... Well, Ed Miliband's uh, politics on the NHS are this, but we criticise it because we don't quite know how he's going to be able to fund it. Or even the, you know, the other way around. Like, well, David Cameron says he's going to make everything all right. Well, he's had five years to make everything all right. and he, There's none of that. It's just it's silly pictures. It's the schoolboy let's all point at Ed. It's, well, but it's both of them are doing it. It's just silly pictures. Yeah. It's just silly pictures. All the political guys are working overtime. Meanwhile, the other journos, I don't know what they're doing, colouring in. Yeah, I think so. So, guys, come on, get us some stories, please. And then call me. Oh, wait, 459 555 Now, a woman is criticising the decision to give her sex attacker expensive mental health care in Milton Keynes while she's had to fight to get treatment for her injuries. Roland's Bryce is a 27-year-old schizophrenic who'd been in long-term psychiatric care in his native Latvia. He assaulted the 23-year-old woman as she walked home from a night out in 2013, leaving her with scarring to her legs, which she's been told is too expensive to treat on the NHS. Well, Marjorie Wallace is the chief executive of mental health charity Sane. Morning, Marjorie. Good morning. This is an odd one, isn't it? Because um, the, the, the victim is, is critical of the treatment that the attacker has got. And uh, when I think her criticism should more be of the treatment that she's not getting as opposed to what he is getting. Well, yes, but I mean, I, I think uh, it does highlight what happens quite often, that there is an imbalance of rights between the perpetrator and the victim in these sorts of cases. I mean, he is, he has to be treated. Yep. You know, he has got schizophrenia and antisocial personality disorder. But does he have to be treated 200 miles away from how at this huge cost in the private sector? And then she's told that she can't have NHS treatment because it's not enough benefit. I think she does have a point that there is an inequality on the treatment of the victim and of the perpetrator. Here. Oh, there is definitely an inequality, isn't there? And um, it, it, it could be argued that it's very unfair that... She, I mean, we don't know exactly what treatment she's getting, but she obviously feels slighted and that she's not getting enough. But this uh, this chap, Mr Bryce, the, 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 he needs this treatment, doesn't he? Because you couldn't just put him in a normal prison... No, but I'm surprised that he's been put in uh, medium secure only, medium secure mm. only forensic unit run by a private company. I, I, why isn't he on the NHS? You know, he's being paid by the NHS. We are paying for it. I do see her point because this was delayed for 11 times over the course of a year. Mm. And um, I think what we need to have a look at is people are coming into this country with long history of um, criminal behaviour, mental illness. And in fact, I actually feel very sorry for his mother because his mother, he's attacked violently mm. on numerous occasions. So they knew about him. They knew about the fact that his mother was at risk. And yet the services weren't doing anything about it. And so why did it reach this point that he was allowed yet again to attack and with that history that was known? Mm. This is our big question, is that, you know, we want to prevent people from getting to the point that they cost the country these millions a year. Marjorie, yeah. you've, you've put two thoughts in my head and I'm, I'm going to try and hold on to the second one. The first one is yeah. you, you said you're surprised that he's being treated privately. What other options could there be for this chap then to, to, to be treated and also to be um, uh, kept out of society? 
Well, it could be on the NHS in, in Hull in his home place. I mean, I know that they don't have specialist units there, but that's because we've cut all the beds, the psychiatric beds, and all the units so that patients are being shunted all over the country out of area, which costs the NHS more. So that's one whole point, isn't it? Um, uh, yes, he has to have treatment, and because of the EU, it has to be in our country. But uh, I think that before this attack happened, he was in this country, and he was known to have been attacking violently. Uh, and the other thing, um, yes, there is there is an argument as to, to, to whether this gentleman should have been let in the country. It becomes tricky, doesn't it? I would imagine um, if, and I know he's got a criminal record, but it becomes tricky if you exclude people being able to, to, to enter the country because of mental health issues, doesn't it? Because then where do you draw the line? Well, absolutely, and there's no way you can do it under the EU regulations. But I do think that in situations like schizophrenia, uh, where people have to be monitored closely, where they have to take medication, there should the history should be known and it should become a sort of high priority that people with that kind of history are watched, are monitored, and that the people around them are more protected. Because we often hear, I'm surprised, and maybe we have had a phone, I'm surprised, normally when we do a story about a schizophrenic attacking somebody, we get lots of people phoning up saying, well, hang on a second, my son's a schizophrenic and he's not violent, uh, uh, that we are stigmatising schizophrenics. Yeah, you're absolutely right, which is why I said it all the way along. It's not often you have this combination of uh, personality disorder, which is violence. Most people with schizophrenia are never, ever violent, only when they become so ill and untreated. So the majority of people with mental illness are never, ever violent, and that's why these sorts of headline cases do them more damage than anything else. I absolutely go with you, which is why I keep on saying that it's very rare that you Mm. have someone with this violent history, which is why I'm saying that if we can't cope with people with a violent history mm. as well as a mental illness, then it puts people with mental illness uh, in great difficulties and it takes beds from the people with mental illness who need help but who haven't been violent. Marjorie, really interesting talking to you this morning. Thank you. OK. Thank you very much for your time. Marjorie Wallace, Chief Executive of Mental Health Charity Sane. Well, that conversation didn't go the way I was expecting it to do. Wasn't that interesting? Wasn't she interesting? It just got me thinking, you know, they're talking about freedom of movement within the EU and and there'll be people who are saying people like this are the reason why we should be more careful about who we let in. Thing is, he moved over here with his family. Yeah. So I'm imagining that those people... Could we get to a point where that woman would not be allowed to move because she would be bringing a dependent who had problems like he had? Well, the th- and it is slightly different with this guy uh, because he didn't just have problems. He'd been in prison for trying to set yeah. fire to his mum, hadn't he? He'd set fire to his mum's house, <laughs> yeah. but she still had him back. Um, as mum's will, actually. As mum's, yeah, as, as mum's will. Uh, before the... He, he, yeah, I mean, and he, he committed 11... Con- he had 11 convictions had 11 over since, here. yeah. Uh... Listen to me. Uh, I don't. We don't. We don't need or want people like that over here. The problem is, if, if he, the, the criminal record, I think, is the important thing. He tried to set fire to his. We burnt his mum's house down or whatever. But um, then you could see that that was them not handling his condition in Latvia. Well, no, but yeah, but but he's kind of proved that he's dangerous yeah. and um, to, to use street parlance, which people will criticise me for. But to put it, into, he's he's dangerous and he's nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and we don't want those kind of people here. I don't think. Um, but if he's just meant, if he was just schizophrenic and hadn't got a criminal record, could you stop a schizophrenic coming into the country? Well, as we hear from loads of contributors to the show, schizophrenia doesn't necessarily mean they're violent. In fact, schizophrenics are very rarely violent. I don't know. I don't flipping know. 08459 455 555. Here's the thing, and I'm just going to keep 
flagging these stories up until the, the, the pressure is building up behind the dam, right, in this story, and soon the dam is going to burst, and I'm going to sit here very smugly puffing away on a pen. We're not talking about that smuggler again, are we? No, 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 we're not talking about the smuggler. No, the that dam, was certainly building. That there. dam built up and burst. Youngsters are just as likely to try e-cigarettes as smoking, a new study in Canada shows. Ladies and gentlemen, what have I been saying for the past year? I saw a kid walking home from school the other day and he yes. was doing the uh, hidden cigarette manoeuvre where you hold it, you sort of cup it in your hand. Yep. And it wasn't a real cigarette, it was uh. an e-cigarette. Youngsters are just as likely to try e-cigarettes as smoking, a new study in Canada shows. Oh, yeah, but wouldn't you rather your boys were smoking e-cigarettes than real fags? I'd rather they weren't smoking anything. They're going to try cigarettes. They'll probably try e-cigarettes. They're going to try all kinds of things. But the, the, the whole argument was, oh, well, yeah, no, young people, they won't, they, they won't start smoking, and they won't start smoking e-cigs. And I bet, you watch, in a year... The kids will, because they'll want a bigger buzz. They'll go from e-cigarettes up to Silk Cut, up to Benson and Hedges. Yeah. See, I think the thing is, knowing the mind, the devious mind of a teenager, they won't smell it. Your parents won't smell it. So at least with fags, if your children are smoking cigarettes, you'll smell it on them and you'll know that they're linking up and eating loads of mints. With these e-cigs, you might not know. How is chopped meat going to get rid of the smell? Guys, we're just going to park that story there. We're going to keep coming back to it every few months as another story comes out that just puts a little dent, a little chip into the arrogance of the vapist. 08459 555 is the telephone number. 81333, start your text 3CR. Let's get the tram. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M1 southbound towards Junction 9 for Redbourne because there's been an accident there and that's also causing queues on the A5 southbound approaching the M1 from Luton Road. In Stevenage on the A1M southbound it's slow because the lane's been blocked by a lorry that's lost its load at Junction 7 for the A602. On the M25 there are queues anti-clockwise from Junction 20 for Kings Langley to 16 for the M40. And at the M40 it's looking really slow from the Denham roundabout all the way out to the M25 away from London. On the train departure Boards, there are no major delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. 8.15, it is uh, Wednesday the 6th of May. I'm in Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A sex attack victim has criticised the private healthcare treatment given to her attacker in Milton Keynes. A Bedfordshire head teacher says his pupils will suffer because their school is being used as a polling station and will close tomorrow. And Sainsbury's has announced its first drop in profits in a decade with a loss of £72 million. BBC's Three Counties Radio. cheeky little grin on your face. You know that you have a little secret weapon up your sleeve. I know. Well, I just know you're going to like what I tell you. Go, go, morning. go, go, go. What have you got? Which is... Because uh, there's not a lot in the papers. <laughs> there's not a lot in the papers. It's been a really weird sort of three weeks where sometimes... You wait for tomorrow. <laughs> what are we going to talk about tomorrow? You know, we'll probably talk about, I don't know, plums and dingleberries or can't something. Can't mention... What? Can't you, mention the election. You can't to- no, mention no. the election. Nope, nope. At all. Nope. So before... In fact, I'm pleased we're having this discussion. Yep. Because it always annoys me on Election Day when I oh. then get complaints from people saying, I think it's ridiculous you're, you're not discussing the election... You're censoring me! Exactly. You should be discussing the election today, not this. Yes, there the... are more important things. We're not allowed. It's the law. It's against the law. It's, act- it's not just radio law, BBC law. It's the law! Yeah. 
So, yeah, you, you're right. We'll get phone calls. Yeah, why are you talking about it? You why be... are you talking about, you know, whatever? You should be talking about the election. Well, I would have thought then, because you're not doing the election. No. But this is your last day to I kind know, of to I kind know. of milk it. Look at you. I'm sensing we might be discussing something on Friday about the election. <laughs> really? <laughs> Don't you, you think? think? Yes, I think so. Um, okay, well then, so you're not doing the election today? No, I think you'll like today's phone-in. You go on. I think everyone will like today's phone-in. All right, mate, calm down. Oh, am I bigging this up too much? What if it's a big disappointment? <laughs> you know there was someone on Facebook, oh, I don't like it. From from nine this morning, <laughs> it's the story that's got everyone talking on my consumer hour. Oh, yes. Uh, and this morning, it's the big phone-in. Yeah. JVS show listener Siobhan paid £20,000 for a second-hand Audi A3 convertible okay. from Watford Audi. In between putting down a deposit on the car and collecting the keys, it was damaged on the forecourt, unfortunately. Yeah. So, having spent nearly 20 grand on this car of her dreams, she was forced to take home a car that needed some work done on the bodywork. <laughs> As an apology, Audi told her oh, to go this... out for a slap-up meal for two. <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. They said, go out, have a meal on us yep. for two yep. by way of an apology. Yep. They didn't set a price limit. So, she took her mum... For a two Michelin star meal costing over seven hundred pounds. Was she eating gold? Well, in fact, it's interesting you say that because we've just put her bill on Twitter. Yeah. So if you want to have a look at exactly what she ordered, it's now on Twitter. How much was that meal? Sorry. It was to be precise. It was seven hundred and fourteen pounds for two people. For two people. Now Audi argue that the meal was excessive, and they'll only pay half of the bill. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear your reaction to this. Do you think Audi are being unreasonable by only paying half Siobhan's bill? 08459 455 555. We shall debate this from nine. They made a mistake by not setting a price, didn't they? Really? They did. So should they therefore pay the full bill? Oh, it's a it's, oh, it's a <laughs> And the BAFTA goes to the 2015 BAFTA Television Awards on BBC One. He'll be there. <gasps> Look what's in front of me. A sea of talented nominees. And so will this lot. This is a great honour. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. What an honour. Thank you. This is amazing. I'm glad we came now. The British Academy Television Awards with Graham Norton. I get to host TV's most glamorous night of the year. Sunday night at 8 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Gosh. That, uh, 700, 700 and odd pounds for a meal for two? Flipping heck! Wowzers! That's, I mean, that's like uh, 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 an hour's wages for me. Wow! I couldn't imagine anything like that. 0845, that's going to be a good listen, isn't it? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to um, uh, give us a call, you're more than welcome to. Ian, uh, and the subject of the uh, the schizophrenic gentleman being treated in Milton Keynes, the reason he's in Milton Keynes is because it has the right treatment for him and he needs specialist treatment. It's a non-story, and why get only commentators who don't know what they're talking about? Well, she was the um, the head of uh, the mental health charity SANE, and um, I, I, have, I thought her view was um, was quite interesting. Whether you agree with it or not, right or wrong, I don't know. But I thought it was quite interesting. You can email me as well, by the way, uh, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Albert's on the line, though. Good morning, Albert. Morning, Ian. You're what, right. Yeah, what you got for us? I'm furious. Why, mate? What's wrong? 
I can't believe, right? I've just found out from your show this morning there's an election on. You would have thought someone had said something, wouldn't you? Um... It's, it's been absolutely dead in the news. I woke up this morning, yeah, um, now I've got a day to decide. Well, it's been... It has been mentioned once or twice, Albert. I've definitely seen it on the telly. Where? I haven't seen it. I've got one of them sky boxes that's not been on that. Well, it won't have been on Dave or um, uh, um, uh, uh, Atlantic, but it's it's been on the main... Tra- it's been on... Do you read a newspaper, Albert? No, but I do watch Babe Station. Is it on that? Well, <laughs> oh, by Babe Station have missed a trick, haven't they? They should have. Just? They should have the girls dressed up in the colours of the various political parties. That's a good one. And see who gets the most. Um, um, how do we call it? Votes. I would vote on that. I, I would, um, d- yes, I, I'm really trying to watch my language. See who gets the most phone calls. And they could have their own little um, little election. You could have your own little election, Albert. I'm not going to... No, let's, let's, not, let's not qualify that one with a response. Thank you. Possibly the only person in uh, 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 the United Kingdom. What has missed the fact there is an election coming? They should... That, that, that's not a bad idea, though. The Babes... That's not a bad idea, is it, Melvin Bragg? Hello, the, good morning. The girls on Babe Station yeah. dress up in... Um, uh, dress up like the uh, political leaders, but with yeah. their boobies and their bums out. Oh, dear. Whoever gets the most phone calls wins. You're, you're, you're bringing the, a very important institution down to very base level. You're right, and I shouldn't be so rude about Babe Station, Melvin. You're right. You shouldn't, yeah. What have you got for us today, Mel? I've just got a a saying from Mr Scoynes. I was quite worried because it's probably his busiest time in five years and he's hardly been on the radio. But here's a saying for him. Paul Scoynes, the man who puts the Viagra into the election... Well, I will pronounce. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I think we can get away with that, can't we, Captain? Viagra. Yeah. V- v- say it again. Paul Scoynes, the man who puts the Viagra yeah. into the election. Yeah, I would say Viagra, but yeah, no, fair enough. Well, yeah. How long did it take you to come up with that, Melvin? Oh, about, ooh, about uh, half an hour. Oh, half an hour. Gosh, that's sitting stretching on, it. Sitting on the M1, not moving. It's Doing quite... what on the M1? Sitting, sitting, sitting on the M1. Oh, Melvin, did we get a little chuckle out of you? you did did there, we get yeah, a little yeah. chuckle? You've got election fever, haven't you? I certainly have. I'll be there five to seven in the morning, <laughs> waiting to cast my vote. My favourite time to cast the vote is like about nine o'clock at night when it's, yeah, um, it's they've, quiet. they've given yeah. up hope of anyone else. Well, it's quiet all day, yeah. but they've given up hope of anybody else attending, haven't they? Yeah, yeah true. And, and when you come out, you tell the the holsters that you voted for somebody else. Oh, yeah. That's good fun. Yeah, I do that. I do that. Melvin, it's it's so nice to hear you laugh. You have got a soul. I do, yeah. There's another one. Thank you, Melvin. Isn't that nice? Are we doing this next story, or are we... We're trying to get past the school switchboard, and it's a little bit tricky. Ah! She's speaking to the man himself. There we go. Okay, lovely. Well, that's... um, uh, In that case, let's, let's press this and crack on. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. David has tweeted a joke that I can't read. The punchline is because he stuck it in curry. 
<clears throat> now, about 200 local schools will be used as polling stations tomorrow, meaning a quarter of them will be closed altogether. Great for democracy, annoying for working parents, but it's not really the school's fault. Uh, schools can't refuse to be a polling station, although the decision as to whether they close is down to them. Well, it's a decision my next guest has had to make. Jonathan, Jonathan Smith is the head teacher of Ardley Hill Academy in Dunstable. Morning, Jonathan. Good morning. You're not happy about having to close down, are you? Well, no. It's uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, in one way, uh, it's fine. We have to close because of where we have to um, have the polling station, which is right in the centre of our school building. Uh, so, obviously, for safeguarding reasons, we have to close. Um, but it's more the disruption, not just of the day, but the fallout. I mean, we're in a four-day week as it is because of bank holiday. And oh, so yes. I forgot about the bank holiday Monday, yeah, of course. <laughs> so taking another day out of the equation, it, it, right in the middle, it, it's very unsettling for the children. So. How, how old are the kids at your school? Uh, so, well, technically, they're at the preschool, they're right uh, And at the moment, they go up till 10. It will be 11. OK. But it, it's not going to ruin their future, is it? No. It's not going to ruin their future. It's, it's, it's uh, a time of the year where we're coming towards the end of the year. There are lots of things happening, like school trips and various things. And so we, we're very careful about picking the, the things um, so they don't disrupt the children's education. No, in 5, 10, 15 years, when they're as old as us, they're not going to remember it. It's not oh, going to affect them. Bless you for that. It, it, does, it does disrupt the continuity right now. Couldn't you have done a school... Could, is there any way around it? Couldn't you have done a school trip or, 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 or something for at least some of the pupils on Thursday? Yeah, it's hard. We have done whole school trips before. Blimey. A huge, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> we, did to, we did one to London once. A huge, it's oh, a mate. huge organisational thing. Um, and it is possible. You do then need a lot of helpers. Um, it's a big undertaking. So, I mean, yeah, could we have done it? Yes, um, in this instance. Um, I suppose... And, you know, all my staff are in. We've got... I mean, I'm using the opportunity to cram as much training in as things as possible. Oh, so you are, you are utilising the day as, as a training oh, day? That was another suggestion from, from someone uh, earlier on in the show. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we have six training days to be closed for as well, yeah. but obviously this is another opportunity. So from my point of view as a head, it's great uh, because there's another opportunity for me to sort of get some more training and bits and pieces. I suppose the thing is as well, for, for, for well, even the younger children, it's an educational tool as well, isn't it? You know, this is a huge thing and it's kind of, you can obviously make it age appropriate, but an introduction to democracy. You can. Funnily, I was talking to your researcher yesterday and I did a lesson observation yesterday morning in uh, year five and they were doing just that on a very um, small basis. Part of the lesson was talking about democracy and the Athenians and the Spartans uh, and they were linking it to polling day and what was happening. But, you know, compared to the disruption, I have to say, <laughs> they, could, they could have that conversation anyway yeah. without necessarily, you know, taking a day out. What, so how does it work, Jonathan? Do you get told by the council, hey, mate, we're using your school, you've got no say in it? Is that, is that, do you get kind of a letter or a phone call or something? Yeah, we do. In their defence, I have to say, it's done very pleasantly and they, they realise they're imposing on us. Um, and, you know, they used to be in a couple of classrooms, which was difficult from them. And so I've now, you know, put them in the hall because either way it was the same level of disruption for us. And so we, I have to say, we are very accommodating. And you can't say, sorry to interrupt, John, you can't suggest to them, why don't you use the church hall just down the road or the the scout hut, you know, around, you you can't pick alternative places for them to go to. Well, I, 
personally, I don't feel I'm in a position to do that just because I don't know what what kind of buildings they're looking at. Um, and I guess um, I was having this conversation yesterday. I guess this heart, I mean, we're an academy, uh, which puts us in an interesting situation because partly we're in some ways separate to the local authority. Um, and so it's interesting that we get a call or a letter saying we're coming to use your building. And in some ways we don't have that choice. Um, but I guess historically it's about you we're a local authority building it's using a local mm. authority building Jonathan, finally, can I put an email to you, uh, which I, I don't think you're going to like. Uh, I'm fed up, this is from Ian, I'm fed up hearing teachers moan. Six weeks in the summer, three weeks at Christmas, two weeks at Easter, two weeks for half terms. Lazy socialist morons. Jonathan, your response to that email, please. My response would be, come into my school during the holidays and see how many of my staff yeah. are here. I don't know why people don't buy that. Why people go, oh, you got your six... Because, you know, as a parent, well, I know that, 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 that teachers do stuff in the school holidays and are busy. I don't know why other people don't get that and think it's, um, you know, it's a line that you're throwing out there. Exactly. The thing is, teaching's a good job. We get, I, I think we're um, well paid for what we do and um, we, it's a good, you know, it's a fantastic career to have. So I, I love what I do. I'm at work 15 hours a day. Now, that's okay because I love what I do, but yeah. it's not... It's not, it doesn't, that doesn't make it easy. And I think the difficulty is you look at teachers and because they're so passionate about what they do, you assume it's easy. I think that's part of it. Jonathan, as I've said before, when the wheels fall off of this gravy train and people work out there's no act, I'm, I'm coming and joining you lot. I'm going to become a primary school teacher. <laughs> Seriously, that's the plan. That's the plan. Jonathan, it's good to talk to you. Thank you for your time. Jonathan Smith, head teacher of Aldley Hill. I always have trouble saying Aldley. Say it for me, Catherine, please. Aldley. Thank you. Aldley. Aldley, any problem there at all? I'll shut up. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's been an accident earlier at Junction 9 for Redbourne. It's causing delays now all the way from t- Junction 12 for Flitwick. In Stevenage, on the A1M southbound, it's slow because the lane's blocked with a lorry that's lost its load at Junction 7 for Stevenage. And on the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise from Junction 19 for Watford to 15 for the M4. It's also looking really busy on the M40 away from London from the Denham roundabout towards the M25. And in Mill Hill on the A1 Watford Way, that's looking slow southbound from the apex corner towards the Mill Hill circuit. On the train departure boards, there's no reports of any problems. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30. I'm Simon Oxley. A sex attack victim says it's unfair that her attacker has been given private healthcare treatment in Milton Keynes while she has to go on the NHS waiting list for her injuries. The party leaders will make their final arguments on the last day of campaigning. Meanwhile, the head teacher of a school in Dunstable says his pupils will suffer because the school has to close tomorrow. Just under 200 schools in the three counties are being used as polling stations. Around 50 are having to close. And Sainsbury's has announced its first drop in profits in a decade, down nearly 15% for the year to March. The supermarket recorded a loss of £72 million. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Watford say they will cap season ticket sales at around 13,500 for the Premier League to make sure enough tickets are available on a game-by-game basis. Season tickets go back on sale on Friday. They will be available to fans with ticket-buying history over the last three years. Nearly 11,500 were renewed before the end of the season. Juventus beat holders Real Madrid 2-1 in the first leg of their Champions League semi-final last night. Tonight, Barcelona host Bayern Munich. The Luton Town chairman has told BBC Three Counties that injuries were the main reason the Hatters didn't gain promotion this season. Nick Owen says they were hit harder than most. We did manage to get top of the table without setting the place on fire. I, I don't think any time this season if I thought, wow, we are on fire in the way that we were sometimes last season. We were beating people 5-0 away from home. But uh, I've also think this season we've been quite phenomenally unlucky with injuries. Uh, breathtakingly so. And two people in the USA have filed a lawsuit against Manny Pacquiao, alleging that the boxer defrauded ticket buyers, television viewers and gamblers by failing to disclose a shoulder injury ahead of his fight against Floyd Mayweather at the weekend. The boxing reporter Lance Pugmire has been following the story. Manny obviously was feeling discomfort and had hoped to be able to get an anti-inflammatory shot right before the fight, but through a series of miscommunications that did not happen. He steps into the ring against Floyd Mayweather, hangs in there through four rounds, but through a series of uh, combinations, uh, re-aggravated that shoulder injury, probably damaging it a lot worse than it was. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Annie's on the line. Good morning, Annie. Good morning, Ian. What have you got for us? Yeah, well, I didn't know there was any election going on. Excuse me? I didn't know there was any election going on. Um, I, never look, I never read the papers. I never um, watch the television. Um, yeah. Uh, Can you tell me in? Who's you, winning? Well, that, well, yeah, wow. Where's the stuff? Um, you, you, you're winding me up, Annie. No, I mean it. I've been in Ireland, you see, for ten years. Right. Oh, oh, oh. And I know nothing about any election. That, right. Well, let's keep this brief then, Annie. Okay. There, is a, there is a general election tomorrow. OK. And um, uh, the... Uh, Labour people, I've got to do them all now, I've said one. The Labour people, the Conservatives, yeah. the Lib Dems, yeah. the Greens, yeah. the UKIPs, yeah. the Scottish National Party, okay. the DUPs, yeah. the Welsh, oh. and loads of silly ones. Oh. They're all they're all up for election. Have they got the Looney Party still? The, the Looney Party is still going, Annie. Oh. I, that you may certainly want to consider them. I might think about phoning them, oh, oh, voting for them. Well, Annie, it's so nice to talk okay. to you. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, but I'm completely uninformed about this election. Well, you are completely informed. You know as much as I do. Thank you, Ian. Ed Miliband can't eat a bacon sandwich. Bear that in mind. Oh, right. Thank okay. you. Thank Ta-ta. You. Thank you, Ian. But, but then you may like that. A, a list yeah. of other candidates who can't eat other meat-based products is also available on Google. Oh, right. Yeah. I haven't got Google, but I'll try and get it. Uh, uh, ask Jeeves. OK. Thank okay. you. Ta-ta. Wow. That makes sense. There we go. That's it, that one, sorry.
Texas. Yes. Let's have some Texas. 08459 455 555. So, so far, it's Maggie and Albert who did not know that there is a general election Who's Maggie? Tomorrow. That was Annie. That was Annie and Albert, uh, two people who didn't know there was a, a general election tomorrow. I don't think Maggie knows either. No, Maggie hasn't got a clue. No. My son's Biggles Wade Lower School is closed tomorrow for polling. Lawnside has always been used. However, there's a perfectly good library next door, yeah. which is closed on a Thursday. Why don't they use that, says uh, Carrie of Biggles Wade. I, you know, I just think, deal with it. What, happens just stuff once, that happens? Happens once every four or five years. Deal with it, guys. Wait, well, then, Lisa and Leighton Buzz are not going to like this because she's put an annoyed face on it. Eesh. My daughter's school's been used as a polling station where there's a perfectly good community centre 200 yards up the road with a huge car park oh. that could be used instead. What? This is the phone-in. This is the... F- this is the... Hang on a second. Let me just... Pray, let me work out my phrases. I know. No, hang on. Hang on. I got it. What perfectly good buildings are near you? 08459 455 555. What perfectly good buildings are near you? 08459 455 555. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, boss. Can you see any perfectly good buildings near you? Uh, not at this present moment in time, no. Why, where are you, mate? Uh, well, I'm in Lucent at the moment. Uh, Ian, Ian's just uh, tweeted in. Didn't Albert do that joke already? Albert... Uh, Ian, that wasn't a joke when she was doing it. That, that wasn't that, that wasn't actually a joke. She genuinely didn't know there was an election coming up. I'll explain <laughs> later. Um, oh, are you in the car park having a growler? I might be soon. Well, then you can um, see the perfectly good BBC Three Counties current building. Well, the building, of course, will be going very similar. The building will be staying there, of yes, course. Yes, mate. But, uh, we're leaving, boss. We we're are leaving, leaving we're going in June. And we're all being issued with um, rape alarms and mace. Because <laughs> we've got to walk down a very dark alley at four o'clock in the morning. What could, hey. what could possibly go wrong? Hey, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun running. Mm. I'm going to walk the long way. Yeah. And I will. Yeah. I'm going to walk up and down that short way. And people will know. Sorry, people oh yeah. People know, people know. Justin. Yes. What do you do to stay young? Apparently, if you uh, learn to play the guitar yeah. or um, learn to speak Spanish, yeah. uh, then it keeps you young. Well, I've seen loads of old Spaniards. And it, have you seen the state of Eric Clapton? Mm-hmm. Flipping egg! <laughs> I want a lover with a slow hand. How do I stay young? Um, I'm into my fashion, and uh, <laughs> you should, I really you should bring that to work one day. Yes, yes. And uh, also, I like a bit of fitness as well. Th- those two things yeah, yeah. keep me, I think, young. Well, okay, in, in your head, yep, that's well, fine. Well, well, hang on, what about you then? What? How do you stay young? Oh, I, what How I do, do you to stimulate your mind. What I do to stay—I don't bother with the mind. What I do to stay young is what I do is to make people think I look young. Is I yeah. grow a beard for three months and then I shave off and goes, "Wow, you look a lot younger." Oh, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. This is the best thing about having—you know—the best thing about men having long hair hmm. is they look better when they cut it off. And it's almost worth men growing their hair long for ages so that they look instantly better when they cut it off. Yeah, it's a good technique. It's true actually. that, isn't it? You should be a uh, a fashion and style advisor. Well, I am. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah. It's just you know. But I don't bang on about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, get you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You've taken this to the streets, deals. I have. Um, been asking people, how do you stay young? How do you stimulate your mind to stay young? Village life once again this morning. I've been in Caddington. Some of these answers, especially the guy at the end, you will love them. Here's what happened on the streets. <laughs> Taking it to the streets with J-Dog. Dave, how do you stay young? Mm, work out. You work out? Yeah. 
It's a nice vest top. You're looking ripped. Thanks for your time, Dave. OK, thank you. Well, basically gardening. You know, there's always loads of things to do. I've got a list and you just work through the list. The wife gives me a list and I do it. Come on. Hey, that's You're it. not one of those. I am. I'm exactly one of those. She's mugging you off, boss. I know. What <laughs> <laughs> I do, well, the hobbies are watercolour painting, photography, computer... Anything, like anything, crossword puzzle, anything that keeps the mind going. <laughs> what do you do to stimulate your mind to keep you young? I investigate my family tree using computer. I spend quite a lot of time on the computer doing family tree, searching for people. Whilst researching your family tree, what's the darkest thing, the darkest thing that you've discovered? I discovered that my brother's, deceased brother's, deceased wife's father killed his second wife uh, in 1939 uh, and was hanged for it on Christmas Eve. Gosh, that is dark, isn't it? it is, well, it is, it is. But apart from that, no, nothing startling at all, as I said. Nothing startling. That's enough for me. Thank you very much. OK. I'm not going to mess with you or your family. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Simon, you're wearing a Watford jacket in Bedfordshire. Yep. Let's uh, quickly brush over that. Um, <laughs> things that, that you do to stay young, you've got a great story. You learnt how to fly. Yes. I, I, uh, well, I got made redundant from a company that I, I used to work for. Um, found another job quite quickly, had some money left over. And so, well, you know, it's one of those boyhood things that you want to do, isn't it? I, I don't know, it's like a boyhood dream. Let's learn to fly. So I did that. Took me a few years to do it, sort of part-time. But um, I think the key to it is as well, like you said there, it was your boyhood dream. So, so when you're up there, you must feel like a... Well, you must feel incredibly young. Yeah, you do, because I suppose you're, sort of, you're reliving those sort of childhood dreams and, mm. and looking at those things and just... Those little things of kissing the clouds and, and those kind of things that you sort of look at when you're a young boy and it helps me to stay youthful, I suppose, but... Yeah. Uh... Kissing the clouds? Mm. And that, that murderer you spoke to... Incredible. Who mur what, I, I wasn't really... He murdered his mother or something? Yes, it was... Um... Let's just say it was a dark story. Wowzers. Wowzers. Yeah. That's, a, that's what he does to stay young, is murder. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, guys... Anybody that uh, researches their family tree... Oh, here we go. Come on, come no, on. It, Let's have it. Well, what? Who cares? Who cares? Even even other people in your family don't care. I don't care uh, uh, what my... I don't care what my great-grandparents did. Is interest stops at my grandparents. What? I did it a bit. And, and there's a good it was, reason. It was boring. No, there's a good reason. Because my grandmother... Her father walked out on the family years and years ago and she never found out what happened to him. So I was trying to find him. Bit tricky, so I, I, I've well, given up. Yeah, exactly. You give bo b b boring. It's not boring. It's Mate, interesting. Well, go on then. Tell me something interesting about your family. Well, I don't I care. Haven't, hang on. I don't I'm, care. I, well, I'm too busy I don't working care. for you. I haven't got time to research it. Mate, <laughs> put down that Guinness Book of World Record songs. Yeah, I get paid for that. You don't get paid to carry around the top ten hits of the last 60 years. Always thinking, what's next? What's that track that I've missed over the last five years on my programme? Yeah, OK. It's, it's always, I, know, I know the track that you've missed. Go on. You've missed this. When I'm in, I'm <laughs> <love> <laughs> to, oh, oh. Are you back on the radio?
radio this weekend, Josh. You've had yeah. quite a bit of time off. Yeah, recently. I've had a couple of weeks off for uh, Watford's promotion party. Um, yeah, I'm not bitter. Uh, yeah, I'm back on this weekend, uh, the 9th of May, 12 until 2. Two hours of great songs. And by the way, yesterday yeah. uh, we played some audio of Clive Wilkinson from Shefford, oh, who yeah. was uh, stranded in the pool. He's now safely back in the UK, oh, yeah, back yeah, in yeah. Bedfordshire. Uh, the video of him arriving at Heathrow Airport, uh, that's now on our Facebook page. It's very, very emotional. Have a look today. Is his brother-in-law Nigel on there? Uh, Nigel's on there, yes. Yeah, OK, because I know we had a lot of requests for people wanting to know more about Nigel, because he got very emotional, didn't he? He got very emotional, yeah. yeah that's um, Yeah, because he thought he thought that Clive wasn't going to come back, yep, so yep. there he was. Incredible story. Th- this surreal week, there he is waiting for him at the airport, and I think that the key moment for me was when he said, I can see him... I've now got to go and touch him just to make sure that he's still alive. My friend Charles, Charlie Charles, was uh, swimming in the sea in Thailand when that tsunami hit. Oh you know the goodness. tsunami? That, yes. When was that? 12 years ago? 15 years ago? Yeah. Uh, no, not, it wouldn't have been 15 years. It would have been yeah. 8 years. But anyway, anyway, mm, it would have been 8 mm. years ago. Uh, uh, he, was, he was swimming in the sea... Uh, and he got washed up on the sea and uh, kind of woke up on the beach, right, going, why are all these people asleep for on the beach? What? They weren't asleep, mate. They weren't asleep. They were dead. Goosebumps. I know, just terrified. And he couldn't find his girlfriend for a few days. Imagine, you know, you you see these things on telly, but when you hear a story like that, or the the fella that you spoke to, Clive Clive the other day, Mm. you know, who are there for real. Yeah. So easy to think, oh, it's it's thousands of miles away, those poor foreign people. But when you, you know, you you, you get that story close. It's a small world. I mean, how often have we said that? It's a small world, and there he was. And again, a bit like your friend there, I'm sure he saw the footage. He said, it's all very well looking at that footage on TV, but when you're there, it is very, very different. You don't think you're going to survive. Dealey, good to speak to you, mate. Speak to you later on. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there are queues approaching Junction 9 for Redbourne from Junction 12 for Flitwick because of an accident earlier. And on the A1M southbound, there's a lane closed because of vehicles broken down between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. That's starting to cause some long queues. Also on the A1M southbound, it's slow with another lane blocked at Junction 7 for the A602 for Stevenage with a lorry that shed its load. And in both directions on the A404 in Batchworth Heath Hill, that's been closed because of an accident between White Hill and Moore Lane. In Watford, it's looking busy on the speed sensors at Beach and Grove and Escort Road. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Right, it's 8.46. It's uh, Wednesday, the 6th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A sex attack victim has criticised the private healthcare treatment given to her attacker in Milton Keynes. A Bedfordshire head teacher says his pupils will suffer because their school is being used as a polling station and will close. And Sainsbury's has announced its first drop in profits in a decade with a loss of £72 million. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some sunny spells across all three counties today, but also coupled with some very heavy showers. We've already seen a few this morning. There's more on the way. They're going to come really on and off throughout the course of the day. More this afternoon, more cloud this afternoon as well. Temperatures up to 15 Celsius in the sunshine, if we're lucky. Still got this strong southwesterly breeze as well, so these showers are being pushed through fairly swiftly. Sunsets at 20.32. 
when it does uh, looks like the wind is going to finally start to ease off when it does so things will become a lot calmer we'll get some clear spells temperatures dropping down to five celsius looks like the showers will clear eastwards as well becoming a little more isolated for thursday it is a much calmer day the wind a lot lighter it's a lot drier still the possibility of one or two showers but they're isolated many people will avoid them completely and we'll get some sunny spells maximum temperature 15 celsius 59 degrees in fahrenheit and that's your forecast thank you kate Sometimes in life, things don't always go to plan. It worked perfectly for two and a half, three years till two days ago. He should refund me £1,900. Which is where we come in. We managed to get them to agree to come back in to the property on an agreed date. The JVS show takes on your consumer problems. But I've basically lost the whole lot in administration charges. And helps to get to the right solution. I've received a cheque back for £578. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I don't know how you do what you do, you and your team. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm, uh, I'm, I think I might have the kids today. I think my wife's, I'm dreading going home today. Uh, since the weekend, they're obsessed with face paints and they've bought face paints and I've just been sent a picture of them having their breakfast and, well, one looks like he's got black eyes and the other one's grown a beard and I just know they're going to want to draw on Daddy's face. Daddy, can I face paint? No. Daddy, can I face paint? No! Go just away, you little Let them do it. Close your eyes and go to sleep. I don't like the feel of it. Mm. When it dries and it hardens. No, it's not like it was when we were kids. No, it is. This is the stuff they use. It is. Oh. I, 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 they do, did it a while ago. I don't like the feeling of it. It's horrible. It's horrible, Barry. Hello, Ian. Good morning, Barry. What you got for us? Well, I was just thinking, I've heard you saying that you and your co-presenters are not going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow because you can't mention the election. Not allowed to mention the election tomorrow. We're going to be stuck for three hours. Yeah, well, what about... I mean, there are lots of people like, well, like me and lots of people of a certain age around my time that yeah. keep boring our friends rigid at the moment trying to tell them about remembering VE Day. VE Day? Is, well, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. VE Day is on Friday. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you're going to be talking about the election again on Friday, aren't well, you? Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, listen, at, at my other home, I've got to do a minute silence. A minute silence in my radio? I don't know if I can do a minute silence, Barry. Well, I'm sure you'll manage somewhere. Um, well, they'll, they'll, they'll switch the microphone off. Chewing gum or something, you know. Yeah, but, well, yes. Well, don't, don't, there's, don't, there's, a girl in, there's a girl in the paper, Barry, who died from having too much chewing gum. Right. So yeah. you don't want to go there. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll yes, nod to, to VE Day on Friday. I'm sure. Hey, listen, we're the BBC. Of course, it'll be um, uh, uh, acknowledged. But I don't know if we can. I think if we do it tomorrow, that could be over-edging, over-egging the victory in Europe pudding. Well, could be. Yeah. But I mean, I know. You know, oh, here he is again. People say he's going to start talking about the end of the war again. You know, and well, <laughs> just a thought. It's, well, Barry, it's a, it's a thought that's appreciated, and um, I'm sure it will get mentioned. Uh, well, I'll, I think... listen, I'll listen out tomorrow and see if you say anything. Oh All no! Right? If we don't, don't think bad of me. Oh, I will. For three o'clock, three o'clock on Friday. I know uh, on a show that I'm doing somewhere else, I'm having a minute silence. I would imagine that uh, Roberto is probably going to do the same thing as well. But one thing I can remember, yeah, go on. if you just, just get this one in, I can remember asking my father what they talk about on the radio news channel or news programmes when the war was finished. Oh, yeah. You know. And what did they talk about? Well, you tell me. To yeah. celebrate VE Day, Barry, I'm going to sleep with an American soldier for a pair of tights. How about that? Well, just that turns you on, yeah. yeah thank you very much indeed, Barry.
Got any texts? Yeah. Pat uh, from Houghton Regis talking about staying young. He says, I stay young by lying about my age. Yeah. Good one, Pat. Good. Pat, you pwned us, mate. Yeah. Uh, Steve is carrying some, some very tricky memories from his youth. Um, maybe we can share them here uh, through the medium of text. At the 1987 election, my class was the only one that opened. As a six-year-old with my elder brother and sister having a day off, I was devastated. It still haunts me. So don't come telling me it doesn't affect the children long term. Here we go. Look, a teenage girl who died in her mother's arms after a violent fit ate 14 sticks of chewing gum a day. (gasps) Samantha Jenkins, 19, uh, suffered a violent fit after her body failed to absorb vital minerals. Pathologists said four or five lumps of gum found in Samantha's stomach may have prevented minerals being absorbed. Don't swallow the gum! Turns out our grandmothers were right. I may have an apple tree growing in me. I saw a doctor on telly about two years ago said it's just just chewing gum, just swallow it, it's fine. But it's chewing gum's made of plastic. There's a bit of plastic in it, that's what makes it go chewy. Rubber, isn't it? Well, rubber or plays, yeah. It's like there's plastic in margarine. It's made from the same stuff as plastic, that's a fact. Spit it out anyway. It's not the margarine. I love it. I used to eat Stork SB from the tub. Oh, no. I, I know. As a kid, the 70s, we used to have um, uh, uh, syrup sandwiches. I'd eat Stork SB from the tub, and I was allowed to lick my finger, dip it in the sugar bowl, and suck it off. Do you know what I did when I was a kid? It was disgusting. I found this bowl, and it looked like I had cake mix in it. Stuck my finger in it. <laughs> dripping. Yay! Oh, I love a dripping. bit. Love a bit of dripping. Well, the the, the squares of you get uh, uh, you get a few slices of bread cut into squares, soaked in the dripping. It'll get passed around before Sunday lunch. Oh, I used to love it. And we'd have little metal bowls on the table, one filled with uh, peanuts, one filled with cheese cubes. Yes. The seventies was so flipping weird. I missed the little cheese, and I, of course I'd, I'd, I'd uh, fill myself. Donate all the cheese cheese squares. Save some for your granddad, and also you'll ruin your meal. No, I won't. <laughs> And we used to eat peanuts like there was no tomorrow. Man alive. Can't now, because everyone's allergic to them, so you're not allowed to have peanuts in shops because of the, um, the babies that are allergic to them. Drones used to smuggle lags drugs. We've heard this, wasn't didn't this happen recently here? Someone made an attempt, didn't they, at Bedford? Crooks are increasingly... And boy, oh boy, I've, I've not stopped using my drone. Me neither. Crooks are increasingly using flying drones to smuggle drugs weapons and mobile phones into jails. At least seven attempts were foiled in the past year. Steve Gillen, head of Grasses, no, sorry, head of the Prison Officers Association, warned, this is clearly a new threat and something the prison service are going to have to think about contributing extra resources towards dealing with. Last year, criminals tried three times to get contraband into Ramby Prison, Knots with a remote control aircraft. Three similar attempts were made to smuggle items, including drugs, into a prison. Here we go. And in March, a £900 DJI Phantom 2 Vision drone carrying drugs and weapons crashed into razor wire at Bedford Prison. Yeah, that'd be me. I can't keep mine straight. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a good idea. They're so hard to fly. They really are hard to fly. And also strapping a mobile phone to it, that's going to put your balance completely off. Exactly. You've got to calibrate that thing. I mean, I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, yes, very naughty and it should be stopped, obviously stamped out. But I'm also thinking, wow, the skill involved. I'm just retweeting perhaps the most horrific picture I've ever seen. It's someone's nana who's been given a face uh, face paint makeover by children. I mean, that poor woman. That poor woman. She's probably served in at least one world war 
uh, to have that done to her face. Didn't move fast enough. Have you seen it? No, I can't see any photos on mine at the moment. Oh, dear. I mean, that poor... I'm so sorry, Boogie Monsters, for your nana. Uh, um, I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Now, here's a story as well, which is... um, Where is it? This is... I mean, this is unpleasant. This is horrible, right? Where is it? I'm looking in the wrong... uh... Hang on a second. Oh, that poor woman. That poor woman. (laughs) (laughs) She looks startled as well. There she is in her care home. I've got a clue what's going on, bless her, and then the kids have done that. (gasps) You should hide those paints when you get home, Ian. Oh, God. The thing is, you speak to the kids. What have you done to Nana? Oh, she's a tiger. She's not. That's not a tiger. That's a very sick woman. It looks like a Picasso. That's a very sick woman. Blimey. I'm not going to do the... um... Oh, no, I am. A boarding French pensioner has been arrested on suspicion of posing as a handsome male model to trick women into having sex with him. I saw this one, yeah. Takes a nasty turn, but go bear with me. The 68-year-old allegedly met women on a singles website using a photograph from an advert of a man in his 20s. It's claimed he then wooed them with raunchy text messages. I believe they called them sexts. And arranged to meet them in his flat in Nice, which was nice. Where the lights... This is where it goes wrong. Where the lights were turned out before they arrived. I mean, come on, women. Well, they were Fifty Shades of Grey fans, weren't they? The man who called himself Anthony Laroche... Oh, God. Also allegedly insisted it would be more exciting if the woman wore a blindfold when they had sex. One woman named Sylvie told police she agreed to the kinky sex game, believing she'd gone to bed with a good-looking man with brown hair and blue eyes. Afterwards, he didn't want me to take off the blindfold. When I insisted, he got angry. I ended up seeing his silhouette in the dark. He was old, balding, pot-bellied and with a big nose. I was disgusted. I mean, who is going to... Nigel, would you ever have sex with a man that you'd never met in the dark whilst wearing a blindfold? Thanks for bringing me on that one. No, Ian, not at all. I mean, I, I mean Guy, and also you'd know he was fat and bald when you were um, having blindfolded lovemaking with him, wouldn't you? I don't know, because I've not been with a man, unfortunately. OK. Well, if it was a bald woman, you would know, wouldn't you? I would know if it was a bald woman, yes, Ian, I would, definitely. Uh, Yeah, OK, careful. Nigel, you've got um, 30 seconds, what you got for us? Yeah, yeah, it was just very quickly. Um, The thing that's going wrong with getting this stuff into prison, they're not using children to fly the uh, drones, because they know they're able to have more dexterity, because obviously playing all the computer games. Do you know what? You're spot on. It's adults trying to do it. That's why they keep crashing. Exactly. Yeah, get the children involved. It'd be fantastic. Get the kids to set the video recorder to tape EastEnders and get the kids to fly the drone packed with cocaine and guns into the airport. Nigel, you should be a criminal mastermind. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the A1M southbound because the lanes closed between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage because of a breakdown and a separate lorry that shed its load. On the M1 towards London, there's queues from Junction 12 for Flitwick to 9 for Redbourne after an accident earlier. And on the M25, it's looking really slow anti-clockwise between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Looking at the M40 on the speed sensors, it's really slow from the Denham roundabout towards the M25. And in both directions on the A404 in Batchworth Heath, 
Hills. That's closed because of an accident between White Hill and Moor Lane. Also in Wendover on the A413, that's looking slow eastbound between Nashley Road and London Road. There's no reports of any problems on the trains at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you. We're all we're all laughing at Boogie Monsters Nana and that poor that poor woman. I mean. <laughs> You know, no one deserves... Where's the respect for the elderly guy? <laughs> Even Jonathan's loving it. Uh, at Ian Lee or at BBC 3CR, you can have a look at that poor, poor woman. Back tomorrow at six. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Poor Nana. Good morning, welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in. It's the story that's got everyone talking on my consumer hour. JBS Show listener Siobhan paid £20,000 for a second-hand Audi A3 convertible from Watford Audi. In between her putting down a deposit on the car and collecting the keys, unfortunately the car was damaged on the forecourt. So having spent £20,000 on the car of her dreams, she was forced to take home a car that needed a bit of bodywork so that it was as good as new. But once the car was repaired, as an apology, Audi told her to go out for a slap-up meal for two. They didn't set a price limit. She took her mum to a two-Michelin-star restaurant. The meal cost more than £700. You can see the bill on Twitter. Now, Audi argue the meal was excessive. They say they'll only pay half of it. Well, I want to hear from you. Do you think Audi are being unreasonable by only paying half of Siobhan's bill? Call me now with your view on 08459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first, let's get the latest BBC News. It's one minute past nine. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, parties under pressure to reveal coalition plans. Bedfordshire head teacher criticises election closure and Sainsbury's first losses in a decade. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ahead of the last day of campaigning for tomorrow's general election, pressure is rising on the main parties to clarify who they would be prepared to work with if the polls are correct and there's a hung parliament. The Conservative Treasury Minister and South West Hearts candidate David Gork says if the Tories win the most seats, they should not be blocked from forming a government by Labour and the SNP. It's been the case, certainly since the 1920s, that uh, the largest party has formed the government. And I think we would be in a, a very, very difficult situation if we found ourselves with the largest party that was blocked by a smaller party.